them up, drink them down Whiskey and cigars all around Cheers, y'all Well, 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 well. Welcome, my friends, to this little uh, radio program known internationally now because of our one guy in Costa Rica who's listening who's going to send me a cease and desist for the, uh, <laughs> for the opening thing. Uh, uh, known everywhere as Smoking and Toast, and this is the show that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by the fine people at B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston. And in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. And, uh, of course, there's B&B Lemon now right across the street from the B&B location in Houston. Just and a knockout place for cocktails. We, yep, we're going to be broadcasting live there very soon. That's so pretty awesome. I'm really excited. Yeah, so I think we'll be working on a cocktail show for that one. That That's what I'm hoping because they've got, like, great, like, cocktail people there at B&B Lemon. They really have an interesting cocktail menu as well as uh, a pretty finely curated uh, list of spirits. Uh-huh. Uh, from our buddy uh, Jeremiah Butler. So uh, so we'll be looking forward to that. We'll tell you more about that. But welcome, my friends, to show number 132 for Smoking and Toasting. Now, sometimes we don't figure out a title for the shows. We like to give the title, uh, give the show a title when we post it up on uh, you know, on iTunes and, and Google Play. Yeah, and usually so usually deriving yeah. from something we yeah, talked yeah, about we'll or talk some about, interesting point. If we're point, live yeah. somewhere, we'll mention that in the title. If we're talking about a particularly, you know, provocative story, maybe we mention that. Maybe that gets a few more people to click on it, you know, and, and, and try it Exploding cigars. Out. Uh, what I'm trying to do now is share cigars. Yeah. So what we, try to do, what we try to do today, uh, or what we try to do some days is come up with a title before the show, and then some days we can't really think of anything, so we wait till after the show's done and then we go oh well the natural title kind of uh, uh you know will show Develops. itself during the program but today it was really easy to come up with the title uh for today's uh, show can i guess what it is yes i'm not looking okay is it no one cares about chris and alan we're live from stogies <laughs> with two guys nobody cares about yeah, close enough <laughs> so also it so could welcome. have been no one cares about this show yeah. that, that could be that could be it as well yeah but you know, but we'd have to write it twice, so we're redundant. But you and I have a couple of family members that, that, that do watch and care. So That's true. So there's that. Uh, no, we are live with uh, Chris Hart and Alan Denny. Uh, they are from the Houston Whiskey Social, which we'll be talking about. If you are in the Houston area and you have any interest whatsoever in whiskey, you must attend this event. There are still tickets available. If you are not in the Houston area, GA tickets, the GA, and you have any interest whatsoever in whiskey, you really should still consider attending this event because it's worth the drive. I don't know where you have to drive or fly from, but it's uh, but worth it's, it. It's totally worth it. This yep. is and I've said this before and you know we've had both you guys on the show. Well, you guys have the count. I have no idea what the count actually is. We've had you guys on the show a number of times and I've said this every time. This is of all of the beverage events that I've been to. This is the preeminent This one. is the one. This is the one. And it's because you guys do it right and we'll We'll get into that a little bit more uh, later on, but that's why it's so easy to recommend that people buy tickets and attend this thing because it truly is one of those things. You don't walk in and go, oh, my God, I paid X amount of dollars for this. You walk in and go, wow. And that's that's a very so. – it's yeah. a tough thing I to pull off, that. I'll tell you. Yeah. It really is. And, and you guys uh, have done it uh, repeatedly, and uh, I'm just excited well, to just, see you know, what this year will bring because you usually one-up yourselves every year. So. Just from the financial side, what is a general admission ticket? So if you think about what you spend at a bar going on a date with your wife and you 
let's just say standard night, you go out for a meal, you know, right. both of you get an entree, a couple of cocktails, she gets a couple, maybe a couple of cocktails, maybe mm-hmm. a couple of glasses of wine. Uh, and you're looking at a couple hundred bucks. Easy. Easy, Easy. Mm-hmm. right? So For a nice place, sure. Yeah. We are, uh, we, we bring together about, and this year we're looking at 1,200, 1,300 people uh, with about 400 different spirits. Wow. And you are going to be getting, if you were to break down the prices of the tickets, each ticket should cost you north of 400 bucks, just in booze alone. Yeah. Right. Uh, and what we've done is we've put together a list of an incredible list of spirits, and you're looking at eighty dollars a person, and it's all inclusive. It includes the food for the night, the drink for the night. Uh, you know, we 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 cover pretty much all your bases, and hopefully the social aspect as well. So. The social aspect is great, and and beyond just getting to talk to the guys who are manning these. Booths and, women. And, and, and women. It's yes, 2019. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but beyond just getting, uh, well, I was using guys in the in The, uh, non, the royal sense. Uh, yes, in the royal <laughs> sense, yes. Uh, but besides getting to talk to these people about their products, and they all really know their products, well, you know, except for maybe one or two who shall remain nameless. But, sure. Uh, <laughs> They'll be but there. No, but no, they, but, but, you know, some of these are people we know, some of these people I don't know, but... Uh, the point is that these guys and and ladies really do know their product. You can talk to them. But apart from that, there's whiskeys that you'll be able to taste here. Bourbons, single malts, all kinds of different things. That if that were to show up on your tab at the restaurant night that you went out, it'd with be a lot night, more than four hundred bucks. You'd be, you'd oh, yeah. be pushing yeah. that price uh, dramatically. So yeah, we've got. Four or five different 40-plus-year-old whiskeys, and you're looking at a total, just for those five bottles of 40, uh, there's three 42-year-olds, two 40-year-olds. Just those five bottles alone, you're looking at nearly $20,000 in bottles. Uh, And we will be, we're doing a tasting of four of them, and what's left from that tasting, which is going to be quite a bit out of the bottle, is going to be available to to anyone in the main room. I mean, Ladyburn 42, Deanston 42, Lechag 40, Tobermory 40. I mean, we just, we've got this incredible list. And plus, we've got stuff that's been around for years. I mean, we, we still have some of that black tot rum. Just a few bottles will be at this year's event. <laughs> and, you know, that, that if you uh, look up black tot, you're looking at 1200 bucks a bottle. Yeah. Uh, and we, we it, it's all included. Whatever you walk up to a table, what's there is available to anyone who walks up. And uh, as long as you're sober and can still responsibly <laughs> yeah, drive home. Yeah. Well, um, any time the first number is a four, as long as that's not the only number, <laughs> uh, then then you're talking about something that's going to cost you a pretty penny if you're yeah. ordering that off of the menu at, uh, at, at an establishment somewhere. Yeah. So the ability to try those things and decide, you know, the next time I'm looking at this on a menu somewhere, is it worth it? Or if I have access to be able to buy a bottle which is going to be really expensive is it worth it is am i going to really get the enjoyment out of this well this is something that you this is a question you can answer and that's what that's what it's for the whole idea of the event is look i mean i don't know how you are when you go to a sandwich shop but i'm not doing two things i'm not buying a tuna fish sandwich i can make that at home but i'm also not spending 10 bucks on a sandwich i've never tried I want right, to make yeah. sure it's worth my money. Right. Other than that, I'll stick to the chicken bacon ranch. <laughs> the, with whiskey, it's the same thing. This this hobby is expensive, and do I want to spend sixty bucks on a bottle? Which, by the way, nowadays is middle of the road. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, do I want to spend a hundred bucks on a bottle without ever tasting it? I can go to a bar, 
and pay a significant markup for that one glass. Yeah, anywhere from ten to twenty dollars yeah. per glass, right? Per per glass. <clears throat> or you can come to the whiskey social and. Uh, we release the pour list in advance as we get it from the brand. So right now up on the website, you can see, I think, 375 of the current whiskeys available. Spirits. There's a couple spirits in there, too. Uh, we basically release the pour list of everything that's available. And we're still missing a good 40 different pours. And then I'm bringing a few things from my my personal collection to kind of surprise mm-hmm. guests with. If you remember last year, we kind of walked around with some surprise models. Yeah, that was really I remember, awesome. I remember my strategy when I got there was, okay, you know, make make the way all all the way around the room. Mm-hmm. And then it was, you know, go back and try a couple of things maybe that I that I didn't try from tables where I tried something else. Then I went out to the Stogie's uh, cigar area, had a cigar. And you got to. Yeah. Doubled in size this year. It's about 2,500 square feet. Nice, nice. And then my strategy for the rest of the evening was just to follow you around. Yes. You know, because you would appear with these amazing bottles of things, and I'd go, oh, hey, Chris, and you'd just walk over and pour. You know, yeah, you were busy. Year, you didn't have time for chit chat, but poor. <laughs> That's right. Uh, last year we walked around with uh, Pappy Twenty Three, Pappy Twenty, well. mm-hmm. uh, the full BTAC line, the Fifteen, uh, and the, we got bum rushed by people. They oh, were yeah. so oh, around I us. I thought, yes, he, people yeah. picked mm-hmm. up on it pretty quick. Yep. They saw Chris walking around with a bottle, and if there was a crowd around him, there was a bottle in his hands. And <laughs> it's a great way to win friends and influence. Well, that's, right. I, that's the whole idea. L- listen, it's a social. It's, a, it's about getting right. together. Uh, and the one thing I do love about this event is, a, is, I would say, a good vast majority of the people attending have been attending for years. Uh, are part of the Bourbon Society. You know, they're familiar with the, some. They may not recognize everyone in person, but they recognize their name from the Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. so there's a bit of more. Uh, there's a bit more familiarity around what's happening, and it just it feels more comfortable. You know, uh, and I'm hope hopefully people walk away feeling like holy shit that was worth my eighty bucks. Mm-hmm. Oh, so and, I can uh, tell you easily. Easily, we had uh, quite a bit of VIPs this year who paid one thirty and. And, and what do they get that's extra above the... So because uh, it's sold out, I can tell you now. Oh, so so this is the reveal. Well, it, for those who've come before have seen what we do, but what we do is we, we give away a bottle of booze uh, out of... we. So part of the, the frustration with these events because of our laws here is you can't sell at these events. Right. You can't give a brand money and they can't give you a bottle in exchange. Right. Now, I can there. order, though, you can and order, pick it up, right? Fully legal. Mm-hmm. Fully legal. That's what Total Wine does. You can order, pull up Total Wine on your phone right now, order from your phone, pick it up in store. We do do that at the event. But part of the, the – I've got two sets of customers to make happy. I've got to make the brands happy and I've got to make the people right. happy. Sure. Right. So people happy – it's easy. Surprise them with a poor Pappy 23. Make sure they get what they need and they I leave happy. happy. Did you leave yeah, happy? Oh, I was quite happy. <laughs> Do what we can. And I was with, so happy I Ubered. You're right. <laughs> and with the brands, uh, unfortunately, a big part of the problem in Texas is a lot of these events don't really prove a return on their investment. You can't sell. To the brands, right? To the brands. Yeah. So we take what would be our significant portion of profit and we, we buy uh, – a bottle for every paid VIP ticket holder and send them home with a free bottle. We can't advertise that, but I can surprise you with it after you've already bought the ticket. And, and that bottle would have easily cost so, the ticket or most of the ticket anyway. Right. So the the bottles range in prices based off because they're not just any random bottles. We, we try to make them special. They're from brands. Uh, so brands will, um, some of our featured brands, which we make it their product that we give away. 
Uh, but but if it's if it's Russell's reserve, we give away Russell's reserve picks. If it's Elijah Craig, we bought ten cases of Elijah Craig single barrel picks this year, and we're giving them away. So you're not just getting a standard small batch; you're getting a, a single barrel unique item. That's one hell of a swag bag. Yeah. So it, and again, it's it's to the people who bought for a VIP or paid for a VIP ticket, and we are giving away this year 600 bottles of whiskey. Wow. And. Uh, there might be a couple of special picks that I threw in there as well to give away nice. from my own, again, personal nice. collection. Just to kind of, you know, I know some Spice people. Spice things up, just right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know people like our plantation rum barrel or, mm-hmm. you know, so there's mm-hmm. a couple of bottles of plantation single barrel rum in there from the Houston Bourbon Society and uh, a few other things. But it, it's just we want to make the biggest impact. And, of course, you get a little booze in people and a little food in people and make sure they have a good time. And, of course, they're going to want to open their wallets and donate to the mm-hmm. Warriors for Freedom. So the whole event benefits the Warriors for Freedom charity, and uh, if we can get people donating at the event, plus a portion of all ticket sales go to the event, then or t- to the uh, charity, the charity right. yeah, then it's a it's a win win for everybody involved, and I hope they walk away feeling happy with it. Well, and you moved it to an earlier part of the uh, earlier part of the season this year too. So well, we I, added if the weather's f- anything like. What it is today? It's 60, gonna be amazing. It looks like sixty degrees. That's gonna be yeah. amazing. Sixty degrees, and even with a, a blazer on and a cigar in hand, it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be oh, awesome. Yeah. Now, let me just do this because we have a lot to talk about. Excuse me on the show today. We haven't even mentioned uh, this EP Carrillo Connecticut that we're smoking, so I want to get to that in a minute. And uh, there's a lot going on in the uh, in the world of cigars and craft beer and spirits. There's a new. Uh, a new house bill that's been uh, filed that will block the regulation of uh, premium cigars if it passes. It's the, it's one of two bills that are out there. We'll tell you about that. Uh, we'll talk a little about, bit about the Pokemonification of craft beer. Uh, and we'll talk about interesting an alarming uh, cigar accessory that has come out that we kind of wish had not come out. And we'll be able to show you that and uh, talk about that. So there's a lot to come, plus some great things we'll be tasting on the show, some of which are spread out in front of me here, some of which include uh, some craft beer from Three Magnets Brewing in Olympia, Washington, the Little Juice Smoothie, Hazy IPA. I think that would be right up your alley there, Chris. I'm looking forward to it. Is it frozen? Uh, (laughs) I've got it as cold (laughs) as I can get it. Uh, And then from uh, the uh, brewery called Barrel House Z, we'll be tasting... Their swear jar milk porter. Uh, so that should be very interesting. Uh, and we're about to sample a lager here. But before we do that, just because I know what well, we know from reading reviews, or at least from about a third of one review, that nobody cares about you two guys, I realize that <laughs> there may be some people that this will be about as far as they go in the podcast. So just in case, give your website info so they can check out the uh, uh, the uh, Houston Whiskey Social. Yes, absolutely. That's uh, uh, HoustonWhiskeySocial.com. That's whiskey with an E. And uh, you can find us on Eventbrite, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Instagram is Houston Whiskey. Uh, Twitter is TX Whiskey Social, which I learned uh, in retrospect was a bad choice for a username because TX Whiskey is a business. I get tagged a lot and post and complaints about about the (laughs) brand's products. Um, but yeah, HoustonWhiskeySocial.com. You can find all the information for the event there. And the event is, I will tell you, is, is damn near sold out. Uh, I'm expecting by tomorrow probably they, we should be all out of tickets. Hopefully. I mean, we'll see. Uh, but the event is this Saturday. We've added an hour to the event, so people are getting in an hour earlier than before, both VIP mm-hmm. and GA. 
And uh, it's this Saturday at 5 p.m. for VIP. And if you haven't bought a ticket yet, it's this Saturday at 6 p.m. Okay. And when uh, when that event is packed, um, it's a comfortable kind of packed, and everyone's happy to be there. It's really mm-hmm. a nice, comfortable oh, yeah. thing. You're, You're not crowded right. in. Well, we added a another room, uh, so another uh, 1,800 square feet to the elbow room. Awesome. And moved the food into the smaller ballroom. So nice. hopefully there will be a lot more elbow room. And a lot more reason to visit, and a couple more tables, ten top tables. I mean, we're trying to make this uh, as comfortable and as, as relaxed as possible. Chris mentioned that it is next Saturday, this which Saturday, is, this, this Saturday, which is in a couple of days. Let me just say, because I know some people don't access the show until later, uh, we're talking about March 30th. That's correct. So, if you're watching or listening to the show, and it's after March 30th. Start making plans for next, next year. year. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, guys, we're first going to try, and you know, ordinarily we don't sample a beer in the first uh, segment, but as you can see, Chris has brought a couple of bottles of things to sample here. We don't and have to hit it all. In addition but to these tall ones, I there's some little ones over means. here. Yeah, <laughs> you don't realize who you're talking with over here. Um, but uh, so I thought we'd just start with this, and this I'm really excited about because one of the big things that's happening in craft beer right now is. A lot of craft brewers who have really kind of perfected, for lack of a better word, uh, the ability to make very, very interesting ales are turning their attention toward lagers. And so lagers are really seeing a surge. I don't know if they're seeing a surge in popularity yet, although with the quality of some of the ones we tasted, I think they are. I think they are, considering that most most of the bigger uh, craft brewers are making lagers now and doing a damn fine job well, of it. And, Even and, to the point like Guinness makes an American well, that's right. lager too. And, that's and outstanding. If you, if you think about lagers, a lot of people immediately think of things like you know Miller Lite and, and uh, things that are more mainstream beers. But the fact is that one of the beers that helped to propel the craft beer evolution and the craft beer explosion is a lager and that's Samuel Adams Boston, Boston lager. lager yeah. And it's a damn fine beer that I'll, you know, I'm happy to drink any time. So uh, so what we're dealing with today, and Ian, maybe you can show that to the camera, is the Founders uh, uh, brand new Solid Gold Premium Lager. Ian seated on the end so you can make an easy trek over to the, and hopefully that doesn't just look all fuzzy. Uh, but that's the Founders Solid Gold Premium Lager. I know you've already started, Ian, with your, uh, with your research, and since you have the only wireless mic at the table, and I'm completely jealous. You're you so can, jealous you of can, my oh, wireless big mic. Time. Uh, but uh, but uh, you can move around uh, freely and sample the beer. We and need, I think what we need me. is a uh, Sennheiser sponsorship for I these. I think we do. I think uh-huh. we do. Want to see him get off his butt and do it? <laughs> can we provide this some is, feedback on this? Why does it have to be me? Uh, please do. On the beer, please do. Oh, Chris has also done his research. His cup is empty. Yeah, so I'll, I'll say two things about it real quick. Uh, but it may have uh, initially come off as uh, a criticism. It's not a criticism. So I'll tell you what I tell my wife every time she asks me how her outfit looks. Let me say what I'm thinking, and then let me shape it. So it, it may come out wrong, but, but know that going into it. Dude, you know the answer is you look great. Uh, I mean, not always, but um, so the I love, I've always loved, and you may make fun of me for this, but there's a part of, I, I, again, I'm just going to say it, there's a part mm-hmm. of my childhood that reminds me of my uncle who who smelled like Budweiser constantly, <laughs> and I've always, there's something about Budweiser Red Label that I've always enjoyed while mowing the yard, and I love Founders, this is not an insult. Mm-hmm. But it's very reminiscent of a Budweiser. 
What do you think, Ian? Would you agree with that? I agree. Um, I, I agree to a point. Uh, I think it's a crisp aftertaste mm-hmm. on this is cleaner than a Budweiser. I think. Um, I think when you're striking at a lager that's and it says you know solid gold premium lager four point four percent. That looks like an eight. I mean, if that was in can form, that label would look like an eighties beer that mm-hmm. you'd see in a TV show. Right, or, exactly. Totally. Um, on, on so Renegade. I think they're going for that kind of retro. <laughs> thing on solid gold beer. Um, I, I think I think you're right. I think it's 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 this to me is like if Budweiser was to improve the flavor of their product. Um, and I'm willing to bet, and I'm kind of hanging on to this a little bit because I want to try it warm. You can't drink a Budweiser warm. It's not good. It's, uh, no. It's no. not good at all. But so I mean, obviously, there's not many beers in general that are good warm. There's a lot of beers that I can drink approaching room temperature, and they're fine. Uh, You're a better a man than I am. <laughs> see, see, I'm kind of with Chris, although, although I understand and appreciate that. Sometimes I enjoy... Uh, Tasting an IPA, let's say that's well, a little warmer, uh, because uh, the flavors are, are different, but not not hot. Certainly not hot or here's warm. Here's the thing: I like it cold though. The that's, flavor, that's... the flavor in a beer stands up or it doesn't when it gets warm, and that's that's the bottom line. I mean, uh, you said it yourself: cold kills flavor; it, it masks flavor. Sure. Um, and so what happens is when you're drinking a Budweiser or a Miller Lite or whatever, and it's super ice cold, it goes down easy, it goes down fast, and I think that's what. What the many? There's a your mom joke in there. I'm just yeah. gonna skip right over. <laughs> That's what she said. Um, or so's your face. One of those works in that right. situation. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, but yeah. So like the cold kills flavor. And, but a lot of those, a lot of those brews when they when they warm up, the flavor doesn't stand up, uh, and it's just not as quality a product. I'm interested to see how this does, because I know uh, when uh, Carbach was making uh, their. Um, their uh, sympathy for the lager. You could drink that at near room temperature. It tasted great. It tasted fine. Now, do I want to drink it at room temperature all the time? Not necessarily, but, you know, I don't sit did there they stopped making thing. that beer? Yes, they as did. As soon as they were bought out. That's I horrible. They, 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 also, bought they also changed You'll Shoot Tryout, amazing. too. amazing. Yeah, and they changed and they uh, killed it. Uh, Big and Bright. Because Big and Bright, uh, AB made them cut back on the amount of grapefruit that went yeah. into the Big and Bright. So, wow. so I think. All right, so now I'm starting to get the old ABM bed thing. When you when you uh, when you build a solid product, the flavor will stand up, and you don't need the cold to mask it. So that's one of the reasons I do like to try. Now I don't generally drink my beer like that, but I also will take a glass of beer sometimes and set it around, and I want to come back to it. I don't want it to taste like ass, you know. I want yeah. to you know I want to have my product not have to slam it before it gets cold because frankly the the uh, cold activated can that's an early warning system that's what it really is <laughs> <laughs> that's no, you're really right. good you're, that's you're, an early you're right about that. that's really Alan good. what are your thoughts on the on the lager grapefruit yeah it does have some citrusy right grapefruit the, as soon it? as I as soon as I smelled it and you know before I knew what it was and I smelled the grapefruit and I didn't know what beer it was and I was for sure, y'all were giving me an IPA. <laughs> yep, yep. Because it did, it did have that aroma. It had that nose, mm-hmm. but to taste it, it's great. It's crisp. It, it's it's. Uh, I am not a Anheuser Busch fan for the most part. Bud Light when I want to drink some water, but uh, Budweiser, I'm just not. I'm just not a fan. It's not my thing. Mm-hmm. But that's a good lager. That's yeah. really good. They do make a really good uh, beer. F- Flavored water that they were that uh, Michelob Ultra, I think is yeah. what they call it. But, uh, and and right. I I hear that there's only four ingredients in Bud Light. Uh, well, they don't. They according don't. According use... to the ingredient label, that's correct. <laughs> and and believe me, we've spent a lot of time 
They don't use this. yeast, apparently. That's not one of the yes. ingredients. Yeah. Really? Well, to be fair, that's not... Actually, that is... Okay, agreed. No, because in scotch, there's three ingredients, and that's yeast, water, and barley. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they don't list yeast as a... Maybe because it's a process, you can get away with it? I don't know. Uh, I do know they also include... Maybe. They also include weed killer, and that's not listed on the... Because uh, <laughs> uh, the, there's a study that's found, and it, you know, in, in fairness, it's not a large uh, amount... But uh, yeah, the substance that basically is weed. But let's be honest. In the beer. Let's be honest. If you're willing to drink most Budweisers, Bud Lights, Miller Lights as your daily, and a lot of it, I know a lot of guys who drink a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Do you really care that there's pesticide? That in there's there? weed killer in it. Oh. Yeah, I mean they're already on a on a on a path to destruction. I mean, what's, <laughs> <laughs> what's a what's a few weed killers? Hey, did you see that? There's four refunds to the Houston Whiskey Social, right? There. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, so I tell you what we're going to do. I, I really enjoyed this, by the way. Very crisp. I got the grapefruit that you uh, that you mentioned. I got a little bit of that on the finish too, and I thought that for a if this were a mainstream lager, it, like made by one of the big uh, beers, it would be kind of tough for me to review because I really like it, and I would be like, "How'd they do this?" I'd, you know? I'd, I'd right. be willing to bet that if you secretly one day put that. In a Budweiser can, and did a blind taste test on the show or whatever. I bet I, I bet most people would not notice that it's a significantly improved product. Interesting. Huh. I'd be willing to test if it reminds. I, listen, I have. I think if you pour this into like a cup and poured Budweiser, Budweiser red into label. a cup and put the two of them in front of me, didn't tell me which one was which. I guarantee you, huh? I could tell the difference. You got twenty on that? Guarantee you twenty. Can we make is. this happen? Do we have I, another I don't one know. of these? We may have to. We may, no, unfortunately, that's. The I only think one there's that a Budweiser in the cooler. We will. Uh, I tell you what, we'll do though. Oh we will gosh. try this, and the next time you're on the show, we'll. I'll, I'll make sure I get some of this. I need and a double it. blind placebo. Like let's. Fair let's, enough. We can do that. I like. Well, I, I'll bring we, the twenty in cash with me. That's how we did. Well, well that's that'll be interesting. <laughs> you take Bitcoin, right? <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's the way we did the light beer uh, taste test when we did them was blind. Mm-hmm. So, uh, interestingly enough, uh, Bud Light didn't score well in any of those, which we've talked about well, a number of times. Well, maybe we should have a uh, lager taste test. A lager Ooh. blind taste test. I have, uh, I have I some like yingling at the house. Isn't, yingling? Bu- isn't Buckle Bunny a, a, a Buckle lager? Buckle Bunny is a, well, they call it a cream ale, which is a blonde. Yeah. No, uh, they forget that. So, but. Ale. But yeah, there's se- but there's several uh, interesting craft loggers out yes. there. Uh, lawnmower. Uh, uh, is lawnmower a logger? I think lawnmower is an ale. But uh, but there lawnmower is lawnmower ale. Yeah. We did try. Remember on last week's show, we tried uh, uh, a brand new uh, hoppy logger. Remember yep. that? Yeah. Uh, and an, I- an IPL, an India Pale logger. So it might be interesting to do a logger blind taste test. You know, get a little Sam Adams, get and a little include, Budweiser, a little Bud, and include uh, little, the macro little, little brewers, you know. Yes, absolutely. All right, so that'll be a future show for sure. We got a lot of a lot of future shows that are uh, coming together, and a lot to talk about still on this show. Let's take a break, Chris. When we come back, what whiskey should we be trying first? This turns sure. up so, warm, by the way. Uh, one one thing that we have tried to do every year is include a bunch of brands that are new to market. Oh, uh, and, and as far as I know, we're the only event that does so. So there are a lot of brands that are coming this year. That are fairly unknown in this market. See, I love that. That's that's kind of where I head first is to try mm-hmm. the stuff I haven't tried. I mean, even it, I mean, there's been some a uh, couple years that were actually technically here, but you just couldn't find it anywhere, right? So, right. Uh, this year, there's a brand new uh, distillery that's uh, called Spirit Hound Distillers. They uh, they're out of Colorado. Mm-hmm. They're going to be at the event. 
Everything they do is single barrel, and I brought the cast strength as well as the 90 proof. So we'll be able to taste. I have no idea what it tastes like. We'll see. Sounds fun. I like and, it. And uh, if you don't like it, text me about it. <laughs> and, and you know what? If you don't if you if you don't like it, it's certainly not going to be the only whiskey available at the Use of Whiskey Social. No, that's for darn sure. Of course. And it, listen, I want your honest opinion either way. I don't. Uh, I, I mean, I guess I, in this sense, I work for the brands, but uh, I I'm a big believer of transparency. Everything about it seems very promising. And when I talked to them and and looked into it, I'm I'm super stoked, especially for this barrel proof. So right. I'm looking forward to it. All right, we're excited about that. Uh, we'll be back in uh, just a moment with our next segment, and we'll be trying some of uh, some of this uh, mystery uh, mystery new brand. So uh, it'll be exciting. It's. Uh, Smoking and Toasting, show number 132. We're live from Stogie's with two guys nobody cares about, and we'll be right back. <laughs> I like that. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Smoking and Toasting. We are show number 132, and we are live from one of our you know, favorite spots, which is uh, Stogie's. We're in the, uh, in the Great Cigar Lounge at Stogie's. Now, I will say normally they've got the lights turned up for us. Normally it's a little dimmer in here. The ambiance so, yes, in the this place but, uh, is amazing. But they have been uh, kind enough to turn the lights up for us. So Dude, can, just just the on show. the geeky side, I don't know if you, uh, if you can see in the background there, all of those, you can't see the detail, all of those uh, cigar lockers there, mm-hmm. the face of them is a uh, bird's eye maple. Oh. On every one of them, you're a, a guy that are, knows this. A lot of them are book Is that, is that well, from guitars? What's that? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was saying, is that from guitars? Like you can spot that wood. Oh yeah, yeah. You're a wood expert, so they I say. I don't know if I'd say I'm an expert, but uh, but that is bird's eye maple, and a lot of them are book matched. So that's where you see the line down the center, and then the the pattern is is equally matched on each side. Interesting. So you're saying they put uh, they put some thought and some uh, work into these things. That that's not cheap at all. Yeah, like that's that's expensive lumber in the first place, and yeah. then uh, and then having it uh, done like that takes a lot of attention. And it's detail. not, you know, I. Well, sorry, I <laughs> force you know, have it. Not not just is it expensive, but the way they do these, they're they're modular. They they build the units and put them together. I mean, they that's beautiful. The, the, the guy that does them, I mean, they're made like custom cabinets. It's they're not yeah. it's not just thrown together. And you were talking about the ambiance in here when the lights are dim, there's still some light spots on those um spotlights uh on those and it almost creates a glow along the back wall. It's mm-hmm. really cool. I will tell you fact. guys, uh I started shopping at Stogie's uh back in the 90s when I lived in Houston for the first time and it was uh, about the size of that area with the sofas over there. It was a very small place. Uh, next I remember door that, here. yeah. Uh, and I used to go in there and buy cigars. There was a really friendly guy that ran it. He was an interesting dude, but he was he was very friendly and loved to talk cigars, so it was fun to talk with. But the what Stogie's has become, the vision that Jorge really you know put together for it once, uh, he got involved and, and once the, uh, the place changed hands, uh, it's it's like really, really like just about no other cigar place that I've been in. I would agree. I mean, I, and I love cigar shops. I love all. There's a lot of good kinds, ones and little ones, big ones, uh, places with, you know, really fancy lounges, places with really like sort of easygoing, you know, sort of blue collar lounges. I, I like all of it, but this this place is really kind of a special thing. Well, there's 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 places all over the country that are. They're not just cigar shops. They're destinations. Well, more uh, and more, yes. Kansas City's got Outlaw, uh, Kendall and his wife, Liesl. Um, you've got 
in Florida, there's a ton of them. Uh, but in Houston, there's there's wonderful cigar lounges all over the city, all over the suburbs. This is a destination spot. This is when you come into Houston, you got to come by. Yeah. Yeah. By Casa, the way, Casa de Jorge is what I like to call it. Casa de Jorge, I like it. Uh, one of the things we've started doing, by the way, on the show is, uh, and we've done one segment of this so far, but we're doing uh, uh, short little segments every now and then that are smoking and toasting recommended shops. Uh, and uh, we've uh, featured one that was just a little south of Pittsburgh. Uh, was the first one that we featured, and we'll be featuring some more both uh, both in our own backyard and all around the country as we visit places and uh, run into people that run these kind of shops. Give them a chance to tell you a little bit about the shop, and you can put it on your list if you happen to be going to that city or if you're from that area, a place that you should definitely uh, check out. So, smoking and toasting, recommended shops, and of course, Stogie's would can, be one Can of I those. make a recommendation for you guys? I think <laughs> it would be genius. You can Absolutely. create your own Google map. Oh, there you go. And the Houston Bourbon Society, if you go to we bought the I bought the domain HoustonBourbonSociety.com, created a Google map, have it redirect to the Google map, and if you go there and if you're in a city somewhere uh, that you know like uh, Louisiana, Austin, Dallas, Houston, mm-hmm. and you need a recommendation for a bar, a restaurant, a cigar a lounge, place that you can smoke. Yeah, uh, we've got we've got all that on our website, the HoustonBourbonSociety.com, but. I think a smoking and toasting dot com that redirected to specific cigar shops I like would it. be monumental, and I it's like super it. easy wow. to do. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, definitely you should. Totally should. Hey, listen, totally I mean, I got the idea, idea from for doing a show from from a couple of guys I know. So, <laughs> so like, I don't mind if we borrow. Uh, what's going on at your show? While you while you mentioned that, uh, the show, of course, is whiskey neat with. Uh, uh, with Mr. Chris Hart, and uh, Hart, yeah. and he is uh, not only the host of that show, but a frequent guest on ours. And we've been on his show, but uh, but what's been going on lately? Anything uh, anything exciting to talk about? Yeah, so uh, I've, I had on recently uh, actor and comedian T.J. Miller. That episode uh, was He's almost great. Uh, <laughs> that episode was almost completely that, unusable for radio. That episode <laughs> is hilarious. Yeah. Well, he's great. He's like great. that. Download that and listen. Uh, it's it's our number one episode. We we <laughs> it, we uploaded it three days ago on Facebook, and we're at uh, twelve thousand views or something. That's it's, great. Uh, all together with iTunes. I mean, it's our easy our number one episode, but it was so heavily censored we couldn't use it for radio. <laughs> so, uh, but it was such a fantastic uh, guest, and, and I've actually had a few other people reach out that have some some uh, comics that have gone on to bigger and better things that are from Houston that will be back mm-hmm. soon. So you'll be seeing uh, a couple of new guests coming up that are that's also great. comedians that love to drink whiskey. And that listen, if I can just sit down with someone that's funny. Or an actor, or someone that that is has an interesting backstory and enjoys spirits. Mm-hmm. And My dream has sure. always been Ron Perlman. I would love to sit oh, down he with would Hellboy, be amazing, wouldn't he? who's mm-hmm. a who's a big cigar smoker, big fan of Hoya de Monterey, and have a whiskey with him and just talk to him about his and, life. And those shows kind of create themselves. Unlike say when you have on two guys that nobody cares about, exactly. when you have to do a lot of it's heavy a struggle. Lifting. Yeah, yeah. The, the, well, these shows you know really do their and, thing. And so. shout out to your guests on that episode too, because <laughs> I went and saw them on the uh, Friday night when they were at the uh, Improv. And you and um, your wife, yeah, yeah. TJ uh, TJ is hilarious. Like his whole thing is fantastic. But Cash opened up the show, and he works the crowd in like, such a great way. And too. you can tell that it's not all. You know, premeditated. Song. I mean, he's just rolling with it, and he is so good at it. Like, that was such a natural and wonderful thing to watch. A uh, number of years ago, I, I'm pretty old. Back in the 80s, I was doing a morning radio show in San Antonio, Texas. We had 
<coughs> a good relationship with one of the comedy clubs there, and they would uh, they would bring over you know some of the some of the uh, comics where they were really working trying to sell the room, you know, and kind of in return, every once in a while, um, I would ask if they had somebody bigger coming over, and they'd bring them over, even though they really didn't need the promotion sure. for that. It was just kind of how TJ the, definitely did not need me. Yeah, yeah, kind of how the how the relationship worked. That I remember they called me uh, and said, "Hey, we got a guy coming in. Uh, we could use some help on this. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of him before. They told me his name, and uh, uh, they said he uh, he had a part in the movie uh, Pretty in Pink. And I was like, "Oh, okay, it was a small part, whatever." I was like, "Okay, well, sure, bring him over. If nothing else, uh, we'll let him talk for a minute. If he's not that funny, we'll talk about Pretty in Pink, and then we'll plug his show, and he can go." So he comes over, and he's a really nice guy, kind of a deep. Jersey kind of, uh, you know, tough guy accent. Uh, doesn't really do much material, but just starts riffing on whatever we're talking about. And he's hilarious. Like, the guy just cracked us up the whole time. Fast forward a couple of years later, somebody gives me a, a tape of him live in concert. I listened to it and went, how did this guy have any material that he could actually use on the radio? It was Andrew Dice Clay. Oh my gosh! Wow. And and I don't know what you think of him. You know, I you know subsequently like got so tired of his whole act that I Jack I and really, Jill really yeah. kind of burned out on the whole thing. So although, did so did America. Although I did recently see him in a movie and he I, was he I, was fantastic. I will tell you hands down. I think he is probably the most under. You know, Matthew McConaughey was known for romantic comedies, mm -hmm. and he went through a reconnaissance where he was in just stellar movie after stellar mm -hmm. movie. Andrew Dice Clay is one of the best actors. I've seen in his in his current age. He was in that movie with uh, 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 yeah, Lady I'm, Gaga and yeah. Uh, oh well, yes, that's right. In Star Is yeah. Born, yeah, he Star's, was great in the Star. He was Born. fantastic. Yeah. And, and yeah. he's and he has a TV show on HBO or Showtime called Dice, and it's about a a guy that used to be famous in the '90s as a big big comedian, <laughs> and now he's struggling with his his older age and not right, being as right. famous. And it was it is just absolutely. I think he's completely underrated, and I yeah. love his acting ability. Well, his standard routine got old. Yes, his, his, his what do you call it? Not a kitsch. Uh, his stick. His uh, stick. His stick yes. yes. got old. Yeah, it did. But what was interesting is when I had him on that show that day and didn't know anything about his material, and I didn't go see him to see him do any of it. Like I would never have guessed that he was the. the Jack and Jill went up the, the hill. Monster oh, that he was, yeah. and right. he was the monster in the nineties. If you had him oh, in the eighties. Oh yeah, he was in the nineties. No, he totally. Oh yeah, like, he was playing stadiums and stuff. Yeah. So I think uh, he sold out Madison Square Garden two nights in a row. Yeah, but Chris's show to get back to uh, Whiskey Neat. <laughs> no, I mean it's it, 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 it's all I, I find this stuff really interesting. But your show, you do quite a bit of sampling. You sample, um, you sample, and talk about. It. And I, I I tell people that your show is for the people that really are super into whiskey. Like they wanna they wanna dive a little deeper and talk about. You know, uh, barrel-aged spirits and stuff in a, a in a more in-depth kind of way, and I, I find the show fascinating. I love it. Well, I wonder if it if it comes off as is uh, not appealing to the average consumer or someone new to whiskey, but I really try to make it uh, as approachable as possible while still being very informative. Uh, I enjoy it regardless, and uh, I'm going to keep doing it even if no one watches. Uh, I think you're doing all right. I, I like. I, I, I'm really enjoying it, and, and you know, and you guys have been a big part of this. I mean, I know we talked years ago. We talked about doing it, and we just weren't there yet. And then you guys did yours, and I, and and being on your show so many times, 
and enjoying it so much, I was like, all right, now's the time. time We've to got to do yeah. this. Time to do it. So you guys have been a big part I, of that. I have, really a point, I have a point uh, of contention that I need to bring up, by the way. Sure. I had someone bring up one last night over this episode, but go ahead. Well, this is not over this episode. The problem I have is that Cruz has actually been on your show twice. Oh, oh sure. no, here we go. And I've only been go. on your show once. That's right, because you were out of town, and so we couldn't do the show together. And then when you were back, Chris had us on. Or did again. you wait till I but, was out but, of town? Uh, <laughs> can I confirm or yeah. deny? There's no hard evidence one way or the other. Oh God! Now that guy who wrote the review is apoplectic right now. He's just absolutely. <laughs> I, I love that word. Himself. I've been saying apoplectic yeah. a lot lately. I love it. And uh, I, you know, when you learn a new word, not that I learned a new word, but when you say a word enough. In a, in, in a conversation, people think, did you just learn that word? You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my million-dollar word. I'm going to use it as much as possible. Well, you know, uh, I was going to say, I think I figured it out. You know, you, a uh, month or so, maybe two, you kind of dropped in on smoking and toasting. Uh, officially unannounced, but... Yes. Uh, and, you know, it, it was brought up that uh, I wasn't there and that now we're actually even and the number of times that we've been on the show because well, I was one up both and, he, of you, you, and yes. so I notice now when Mary sends the text out it's not for me or for Chris y'all are inviting both of us yep. at the same time <laughs> they're, trying, they're trying to squash right, the beef we are, we are Switzerland <laughs> just so you know yeah, yeah, we yeah. are Switzerland no you're not no 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 we're not definitely <laughs> in not in fact if you want to come on my show I need you to sway the, the Switzerland oh. stance I'm just kidding oh. I'd love to have you yeah, back I on I'd love that I'd love to have you back on so I want to talk about reviews in just a minute but before we do and before I smoke this entire Dude, I'm cigar, having such a great cigar uh, right now. Talk to me, uh, Alan, because you gave us the cigar at the beginning of the show. This is a uh, Connecticut from E.P. Carrillo. It's our new wave Connecticut. It's it's one of our top selling lines. It's uh, it's breakfast. It's mm. uh, it's it's a flavorful cigar, but it's light. It's mild. It's not a huge it's nicotine light content. And toasty, yes. It is. It's it's something you know you can smoke and it's toast into it. And you know we um, i I've never been uh, other than when i first got started with cigars i, I generally don't smoke that much connecticut uh, wrapper uh cigars just usually looking for something with a little more flavor to sure. it and yeah I'm my humidor is a pretty dark place yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've recently though been introduced to some that i feel like really are um bringing a, a much more full flavored experience to a lighter smoke we tried uh, and I don't even know if it's on the market. I don't yet, think it's but out the, quite yet. But the Aladino Connecticut, which I think is is coming out, fantastic. we had some of those in Honduras, and they were, uh, you know, I've already gone through all of them that I brought back because it's just such a wonderful smoke, especially uh, especially earlier in the day. Uh, but I'm telling you, this is this it, is right right up there with that in my mind. It, this is good. Yeah, you know, Ernesto is a uh, he's a full flavored guy, and most of the stuff most of the stuff y'all smoke for me. That's it's, what I it's, tell women. Right, you're a full flavored guy. <laughs> <laughs> and you know he he love you, honey. He likes good cigars, so he wants something that he can smoke and that the average consumer can smoke at breakfast, cup of coffee. You mm -hmm. haven't had a big meal yet. And you don't want to get blown away, and it's not going right. to shoot your palate out, but it's flavorful. Well, we talk a lot about pairing cigars and whiskey um, and, and beers and things like that in general. What, one of the cool things is, and especially I think the Connecticut wrappers, uh, uh, but they go so well with coffee. Absolutely. Like, and, and even I, I drink a lot of unsweetened iced tea, and they go great with yep. unsweetened iced tea, things like that. It's, and it's really an interesting pairing. I've taken to... Uh, I get my glass of iced tea, and I get in my car on my drive home and roll the top uh, open. I have a little sunroof, and uh, 
it makes traffic so much more bearable. Oh, it does. Oh, you're not kidding. <laughs> it's a wonderful you're thing. You're not kidding. It does. Um, so I went to just sort of uh, get a little <clears throat> whiff of the aroma so, of this whiskey that Chris has poured. It's a and single he malt. And he looked at me and said, don't do it. <laughs> don't drink uh, it. All right, all right. So, uh, so let's talk this whiskey. So it's, it's a single malt. or There's actually not a single malt category in the U.S. It's a straight malt whiskey. It's not bourbon. And I'll tell you, I've already tasted it. I'll reserve my opinion until you guys have said something. But uh, there's, there's a brand out of Colorado also called Stranahan's. Uh, that is a bit divisive for some. Some people who love it really love it. I'll tell you that uh, I've made my mind up about this, and I'm really excited to say it. But I don't want to say it until you guys have had a chance to taste it and develop your own opinion. Well, let's. Oh, I've I've already been. Tasting I was going to okay. say let's start with you because a you know more about whiskey than I do, and b <laughs> I would bet any amount of money you've already tasted it. So go. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you, if you're watching the video, you can see me over here tasting it. Um, this is uh, brown sugar. It's sweet. It's and honey. And, and molasses. Honey. Honey. A lot of honey. Molasses. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a lot of things. I love the finish on this. The aftertaste is such a clean I'll tell mineral you. water kind of aftertaste. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the heat is interesting because the heat happens in the middle of the tongue and goes away. And then comes and back. And then rolls back just yes. a little bit in a, in, a, yeah. in a warm, what do we come up with? The whiskey hug. The whiskey hug. And a nice yes. whiskey hug. It gets weird. So um, that's the tagline for the whiskey hug, by Is, the way. Are they going to the do a website with say. all their weird uh, slogans? <laughs> that's what the oh, t-shirts we got figured out. The yeah. whiskey hug. It gets weird from here. <laughs> uh, the whiskey hug. It's better from behind. Oh. <laughs> See, now we're going to have to give him royalties on the shirts. You know, well, I just thought we'd have, have a shirt. That's a great shirt, shirt by the way. It says whiskey yeah. hug, and then on the back it just says, it gets weird. Yeah, the, simple. Uh, I'll tell you. What for, do you think of it? I, I I like it. I give it a thumbs up. Yeah, I love it. Big for, thumbs for up. For a straight malt and for a craft distillery who craft distillers are always struggling to kind of find their profile and develop their product, I am very, very pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. with this. Uh, let's, let's take a look it's at the a unique here. flavor Caps profile. right here, Spirit Hound Distillers. So it's Spirit Hound Distillers. Yep. And you can see, maybe in, if you wouldn't mind taking that it's got a perfect wonderful wireless back. mic of yours. And my, the, my wireless mic. Look, no wires attached. The, showing that to the camera. Uh so it's it's a t- perfect age statement, two years old, straight malt whiskey at 90 proof. It's light. I feel like I could sit down around a campfire, around a cigar, and drink a lot of that accidentally. Uh, I'm very, very, uh, very, very presently, presently surprised with it. They don't know uh, that we're talking about them. I didn't give them a heads up. But uh, I am very, very excited based off that to taste the barrel proof because I feel like it's going to knock my socks So off. let's talk about the distinction single barrel on here. That's actually, uh, or not single barrel, but uh, you said um, single malt earlier. That's actually, yeah, single malt. Uh, for people who don't know much about whiskey, that's actually telling you a couple of things. You want to? Yeah, so um, uh, single malt historically, like in Scotland, comes from the fact that it comes from one, dist- one distillery. Right. Um, and... It's not an official TTB category in the U.S., but we have, I think we have American malt or American, I have to double check. I don't think, we don't have a single malt. It's been a while. I'm, Wade, I, could you chime in? Yeah, please? well, see, the thing is, is, is <laughs> even Wade, you know, Wade, is his, his forte is, is bourbon. And uh, Brian may chime in as well. So. Mm-hmm. And when we, when we got into the subject of brandy, bringing in Copper and Kings, Wade had completely not realized that it was sourced product because it was a different category. He wasn't, his, his, his radar wasn't up. Um, Spirit Hounds, it, it's a it's a malted barley mash build, 
you know, delicious, surprisingly delicious two-year-old whiskey out of Colorado. And they'll be at the event, and I just, I, there's another one coming called West Cork, and it's an Irish whiskey. I'm just as excited because if anyone is going through a uh, revival in the whiskey world, oh, it's, it's Irish, Irish right now. Yeah, yeah. no mm-hmm. question. Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, new Irish whiskeys on the market. So I pe- want to also, like you said, this is a two-year-old whiskey. I want to also bring light to the fact that the age statement in whiskey seems to be less and less of a, a mark of quality than it used to be. You know, oh, it used sure. To be the older it was, the better it was, hands down. Well, there's a bit of a loophole now, too, because with in America, any whiskey that's categorized as a whiskey under four years old has to carry an age statement. So it behooves these young producers to put an age statement on there, one, because it's legally required, but two, it legitimizes like their transparency, right? right. So they're like, hey, look, it's a two-year-old whiskey. Um, I don't know what this costs. I haven't asked him yet. Uh, he dropped off the samples at the studio, and uh, we didn't get around to tasting it with T.J. Miller, and, and I uh, was just happy I could open it with you guys today. Well, and so this will be available at the social. At the social. And it'll yeah. be available for sale, too, through Village Liquor. And you mentioned also another uh, distillate they were bringing? Oh, yes, the barrel strength. The barrel strength, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's the 90 proof. Oh, so you've got that, too. And there's the cast strength single barrel Colorado 375, and it's 62.9% alcohol. Well, so I'm hoping that'll give me one hell of a whiskey hug. Well, this, this is very <laughs> good. Played, sir. And unless played. I get blown away by that one, I'll be thinking about getting a bottle of this. This yes. is quite good. Did they happen to tell you what the price point was on them, Chris? No, no, no. Yeah, I mentioned that. Yeah, so I, I, I didn't get a price point on them. I don't know what to expect from them. I know they're very new to market, and they were literally a last-minute addition. They were the last... We had two. Actually, we didn't even have room. We had to make room for West Cork and Spirit Hound. But I'm always These are the kinds of problems to have. By the yeah. way, yeah, yeah. Right. No, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean for that to come off as like a humble brag or something. I, I just, I, I'm looking. I'm always looking for, like the beer world. You're always looking for that next thing. You're open-minded. Yep. You want to try something new. I'm excited. And we're going to talk about that later in the show under the uh, heading of. And I didn't make this up. It's the article that I'll. Uh, be using to reference this is uh, that's the title of the article is the Pokemonification of craft beer. What does that mean? So, is that a yeah. reference to got to catch them all? Uh, it's a reference to trying to catch the new and the rare. Uh, you remember okay. when Pokemon Go was all the rage for yeah. about five minutes? That's, nope, yeah. I'm a grown man. Uh, well, Since it was when? just kidding. <laughs> it I was, played. I played. It was impossible. <laughs> I never played. played. No, I, I did I, not. I thought I told you about it, the man cave back then. I was trying to show you about how much fun it was. No, that was my brother-in-law, Lynn. Lynn and Amber jumped all over it. So I live uh, down in a uh, building uh, near Discovery Green. And during that whole Pokemon Go craze. You saw him downstairs. Uh, I would look down at the park around dusk, and all you would see was this sea of, well, you could see the light from people's Of hipsters in their skinny jeans. Yeah, hipsters in their skinny <laughs> with jeans. With their vaping and, and, and their kids Pokemon catching. All down there trying to find whatever Pokemon uh, Go characters were lurking in the bushes oh at uh, at Discovery Green. They finally Discovery Green finally had to get it declared a Pokemon-free zone. I don't know how you do that, but they apparently got... How do, yeah, how do you got, legally do that? Did something that got there, them to remove all the Pokemon So there were a lot of places. So oh, you can request from them. Yeah, well, apparently there was in League City where the Doppler is over off of 646, the big Doppler weather ball. Yeah. 
apparently, you know, it's fenced in, and apparently kids were trying to climb over the trying fences there, the fence and it's there, right yeah. by one of the sheriff's department's uh, satellite little locations. Dude, and there's so there's your they Darwin were, Award. Yeah, yeah. right. Put, put the rarest Pokemon near the, like, electric transformers yeah. of the power grid. Survival of the fittest, my friend. Survival of the fittest. I just want to point out, we got some, uh, uh, we got some feedback online here on our uh, Facebook feed, and uh, Mona from Brooklyn uh, Brewery, she's one of their reps, chimed in to say hi. I met her over it. Um, Don't they have a great lager? Yes, I believe they do. Um, uh, with the Brooklyn Brewery, I think I think I don't know that I've tasted anything from them that I don't like. That's a, yeah, their stuff is their, great. their stuff is great. We need to get them on the show. Um, so, uh, uh, hello, Mona. Thanks for checking us out. Let me ask you guys uh, real quick before we wrap this segment. Uh, let, talk to me a little bit about reviews, and and I'll just say this whole kind of ongoing joke about you guys being the guys that no one cares about stems from one of the last times that Chris was on the show. Uh, and he asked me on the show, middle, I had no idea you were going to ask me this, uh, just middle of the show you asked me if I ever read the reviews of Smoking and Toasting. I'm like, what are you talking about, what reviews? And you said, you know, like on iTunes or whatever. And I was like, no, no, I really don't want to read reviews because then you start like worrying about them, what people are saying. You start maybe catering to the people writing the reviews. And I just... I'll read other people's reviews. I don't know if I want to read my reviews. But damn it, see, then you got me curious. So a few days later, I, I, went, I was on my phone. I went to the uh, iTunes uh, podcast and, and, and went and pulled up Smoking and Toasting. And there was a review. Now, you know how uh, on most particularly stuff that shows up on mobile devices, you can't see the whole review unless you hit see more. Uh, or, or, you know, something to sure, do the whole right. review. it's truncated. So all I read was the truncated portion of this review. And the guy had, you know, some probably... He, he gave us three stars out of five. And then he said, I really wish I could give this podcast five stars. So I'm like, all right, now he's got my attention. There's right? the butt. Yeah. But, but then he goes on to say, uh, A, that we're too repetitive, which... I'm not really sure what he's talking I'm about. I'm not repetitive. Our buddy Jake repetitive? is watching, yeah. too. Yeah. Shout uh, out to the Texas repetitive? Whiskey I'm not Fest. Are you repetitive? Uh, I, Ian, are you repetitive? I'm not, I'm not repetitive. I don't think you're repetitive. Wait, are you guys repetitive? Uh, are you repetitive? I'm not repetitive. Are you repetitive? So are that you was, saying repetitive? So repetitive. That, was his, that was his first complaint. And I thought, okay, he's probably right. We do, uh, you know, I'm, I, my sense of humor lends itself towards... Did you ever notice how repetitive the word uh, repetitive is? Yeah. Well, it has the word repeat right in it. And it has the word repeat right in it. <laughs> it has so, the word repeat. But I'm the kind of person that my sense of humor lends towards beating a worse, joke to death. The worse a joke is, <laughs> the more times I want to beat a sure, joke. Sure. It's just that I find that funny. Most people. That's how your wife, mom jokes became your mom yeah, jokes. My wife certainly doesn't find it funny. I mean, she's got a great sense of humor, but she doesn't understand why I find this funny at all. But <laughs> you know, that's just that's just uh, way, the way my sense of humor works. So I'm like, okay, he's probably right about that. Uh, and then I read further, and he says. And these two guys that are competing about who's been on the show the most times, <laughs> nobody cares about those guys. Yeah, you, I'm, you I'm truncated what he said. Yeah, I'm yeah, paraphrasing. Yeah. He said, uh, "Well, I didn't read the whole review. That's as far as I got, and I just I talked myself out of hitting Seymour." Well, I'll tell you. Let me defend you for a minute. Okay. So what he said was, and, I, and I'm one. I can't recall word for word the entire review, but the specific part you're referring to is. You guys kept talking about this, like who's been on the show more, right. dot, 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 as if it's some sort of honor to be on your show, oh, dot, 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 dot. And, 
Yeah, I can tell you right now, it absolutely is. This is some of the most fun I had. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it's it's definitely an honor to be on your show. Uh, I, I, but listen, I'll, I'll, as far as you know, your question was is like you know how how do we deal with reviews? Yeah, I'm a big believer in that. It's important that we move towards honesty during any reviews. I know a lot of one of my favorite reviewers, a guy named Chris Trevino, the Liquor Hound on YouTube. Great guy, but he told me he won't review something if he doesn't like it. So every review you're watching is something positive. And I don't necessarily agree with that. Respectfully, I love the man. He's an incredibly fascinating character. Uh, but I think it's important that we are transparent because people do listen to you. Even if it's three people watching my show. Uh, I was watching at least four. Sure. So, well, I'm, I'm saying the three that are here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's... Someone might be listening and looking for suggestions that are new to the category. It's important that both the brands, look, brands, especially Texas brands, are constantly innovating and striving to figure out how to make great Texas whiskey. Mm -hmm. The only way they're going to know that what they're doing is wrong is if you tell them. You tell them. And you can do it respectfully. But a lot of brands are so used to not talking about the bad. Mm -hmm. Why do you guys talk about the bad? Don't talk about the bad. No, you should because it's only lending towards positivity in your brand. It, and there's there's a way to to say that without it being mean too. Sure. Like there's a difference between just you know thrashing something versus uh, criticizing something. But we've been we've been criticized that we like almost everything. Well, the truth is we buy. I've been al- criticized for that too. We buy yeah. almost everything that comes on our show, so we're gonna tend to buy stuff that looks like we're gonna like it. Right. You know, I don't. I, I, I certainly I, don't go out and buy a beer that I go mm, not gonna like that. I'm gonna buy it. See, and yeah. I'll tell you that it's not that I like everything. It's that I'm a little bit of an easy pleaser. I have yeah. a, I, f- I feel like I have a wide palette, and I can find the beauty in all types of people and all types of spirits. There are some things I just can't stand, yeah. and I've said it. But well, it, it's not often that I'm really negative against something, <laughs> uh, well, and it's something I'm striving to improve on. Well, listen, I think that... I left the review for you guys, I, by the way. I, I, Brian I, says... I haven't, I haven't read it, of course. No, Brian, no that, that's the one I left. Oh, okay. The, the original Brian, Brian on the comments says, this show offers plenty of reviews about, blo- about Bud Light. About Bud Light, yeah. about Bud Light yeah. And about yeah. uh, And about Matt Sherman. And about Matt Sherman, <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, let me just say, though, I think when you're talking about reviews, though, I think it is important for a reviewer to establish to to review something for what it is. I don't need a movie reviewer who has seen the greatest independent films of all time to then tell me that you know the latest Will Smith movie is you know uh, action comedy is a piece of garbage compared to Gone with the Wind. I know that. Tell me that if I'm going to go and you know plunk down the money and, and have some popcorn and use it for a date movie, it, how does it compare against other movies of its type? And that, to me, is the same thing. Will like, it be entertaining? Right. If, right. You, if you don't like a particular whiskey because it doesn't uh, appeal to your palate, uh, how, does it, how does it compare? You know, what did it cost? How does it compare to other whiskeys at that price point? What are there people whose palate might appreciate that, even if you're, you know, a, a, a perfect example. I like a lot of Super hoppy IPAs. Ian isn't as fond of those. By the same token, Ian likes beers that still have chunks in them. I'm <laughs> oh, not as fond oh. of those chunky beers. I, I do. I, I, too. I, I pulp, do man, listen, yeah. when I buy OJ, I'm buying the most thickest, chewiest yep. or- orange oh, juice I, I can buy. I buy the high pulp. No, oh, yeah. I love that's, that. di- yep. that's different than a barley wine, though. 
Well, sure. Because I'm not leave the orange juice long enough. It'll ferment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you from it's not exactly the same, but with cigars, you get some of the major publications that review cigars. Yes. And you'll never see in Cigar Aficionado a 60 rating in their right. magazine. Cigar Snobs the same way. Uh, now, there are uh, the last time we were here at Stogie's, we had Charlie on from Half Wheel. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they review everything, and they if it's, if it's a low number, they put it on, on whatever they reviewed. But a lot of the publications feel like maybe it's not taste because their reviews are not 100% taste. It's appearance of the cigar, it's burn, and they're blind. So they don't know what they're smoking mm-hmm. until, right. until later. And they don't want you, – you take a company like Cigar Aficionado. They are the creme de la creme when it comes to reviewing mm-hmm. cigars. And they're the biggest and let's, magazine And if they get XYZ Cigar and they give it a review of 50, uh, it couldn't burn for anything. It, was, it wasn't a great cigar. It tasted okay, but, and it tasted like this and this. They can run a company. And yeah. so they're take advertising dollars out of it because they review a lot of stuff that no one advertised with them, and everybody thinks it's mm-hmm. pay to play. And I can tell you 100% knowing Marvin, it's not. But – they feel like if if they start printing low reviews or bad reviews, then they can they can hurt a company. On the flip side, with if you great t- power comes great responsibility. Exactly. Yeah. I just geeked out for yeah. you. Yeah, nice. thank you. I appreciate nice. that. But, but on was- the flip side of that, if you talk to them in person, and it's like, hey, have you ever smoked this cigar? And they're like, oh yeah, we smoked it. What'd you think? Oh man, it was garbage. It was terrible. They're not going to put that out there for the world, right. but you're talking to them one on one and asking about something. They'll tell you honestly. Oh yeah, I've smoked that and it's not a good cigar. Or, I've smoked that and it's a wonderful cigar. I gave it a 96, and everybody else thought it was a 90, and and so it got an average. But well, you know that's one of the reasons. And we're not reviewers by by any means. We just kind of know what we like and know how to speak to whether it's something we, we try like to just or not. share the experience. Sure. Yeah. But that said, uh, when we're reviewing a cigar, uh, if you want to call it a review. When we're analyzing a cigar that we've smoked and talking about the experience, we, that's why we like using that price-to-quality uh, thing yeah. because right. it really is it more about sure. if you're going to spend whatever the amount of dollars were for that cigar, uh, it, will you be happy with your, with your purchase? Are you uh, getting and, your money out of and, it? And you know, a recent example of how crazy that can go is Ian and I completely coincidentally reviewed the same cigar one week, and he gave it an 8, and I gave it a 2.5. Uh, with five being the the median, and it's just mine was not good. It had construction problems, and it didn't allow me to get the flavor of the cigar in. Ian's was one of his favorite cigars he smoked this year. It was you know? fantastic from yeah. beginning to end. I, I, so it was bizarre. And it's so, the bad that thing. could be humidification, consistency. Yeah. They came out of the Interestingly, same box. Interestingly, they came out of the same box. Oh, we, we're pretty even, sure. Wow. Even if a cigar, yeah. so I'll tell you, even if a cigar comes out of the same box, uh, y- y'all y'all went to. We went to the Aladino mm-hmm. and Jerry factory right. so you, recently. So you've been down to uh, to Husto's factory, and, and the way cigars are done, you've got a you've got a roller. He's sitting there rolling mm-hmm. them. He gets a certain number. They're bundled up in paper, and then they go to the aging room after they're done. And here's the thing: so let's they get back there, and they're quality controlled. And so once the the person that's in charge of quality control, basically they look at them and they say, okay, yeah, this matches, this matches. Oh no, this one's not. This one wasn't rolled correctly. So you could actually have some cigars that are in the same box. Sure, they were not even rolled by the same roller. Absolutely, and, and right. so and I've had a box of cigars before, and one of them would be really problematic, and the rest would be great. Absolutely, you know, it happens. Yep. So because of that, we smoked, or I smoked. Actually, Ian had bought me one because he loved I it. I so liked much. it so much, I went back to the humidor, bought one just to bring to him on the show. So I smoked that and reviewed it the next week and uh, gave it a four. 
So a little better. A little better. Oh, it was much better than the first. It was, the first one was a, a disaster. This one I gave a four because it was an eleven dollar cigar, and I've had much better eight dollar cigars. Well, and it's like you said, you know, you 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 can have a cigar that tastes great. It's absolutely delicious, but you have burn problems. You're having to relight it every mm-hmm. thirty seconds. It the or the draw is bad, but it tastes great. That ruins the entire experience mm. of the cigar. It doesn't matter how great it tastes. By the way, speaking of draw problems, this Connecticut, mm-hmm. see how even that burn is? Razor. And Lighter I have been razor. smoking this on and off while doing the show. That usually means I have to relight. I haven't relit this once. Now let's. Nice. Let's. Uh, can you tell me about this new Jesus, inch? Jesus, you put a dent in that inch. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, man. I smoke an inch. It takes me two hours, regardless of how long it is. And he smoked the Connecticut oh, first. So many comments I want to make right now. <laughs> man, uh, you so your face. Yeah. Wait, did that work? Yeah, you work an inch like no other man yeah. I've ever seen. <laughs> That's what your mama said. Okay, oh. I think we, see, I think we've done like the whole gamut here. This is devolving quickly. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting repetitive. Turtle cocks. Yeah. <laughs> Turtle cocks. Turtle. <laughs> Uh, and we'll repeat those in the next segment, too, yes. for those who are worried about it For those that missed it. For those who are worried about it being repetitive. Um, uh, so what's your thought, uh, Ian, on the uh, Angry Inch there? It's delicious. This has a... Uh, angry Inch. That's a good name. Hedwig yeah. and the Angry Inch was the oh Broadway gosh. show. Yeah, yes. Ernesto will love that. But you, but you, <laughs> should, do a, you should do a line and call, like, full double Oscuro and call it the Angry Inch. inch. Oh my it's God. a great name. It's a great name. <laughs> Alan's like... I'm going to get in so much trouble for being on this uh, show. It's all good. <laughs> Jorge, I may need a job next this month. This is delicious. This has a, this has a huge uh, woody, uh, cedary kind of profile to it. need a job next month. They're killing me. <laughs> woody and cedary, though. Woody yeah. and cedary thing going on. Cedar and the wood. And it's, it goes with the whiskey so well. Yeah. Like, this is, this is an outstanding. And I like uh, the, uh, the other inch that we've had. I've got a couple of those in my humidor. They're fantastic. Yeah, you're a I big love fan the, of that cigar. I yeah. love the size. It's a big ring gauge, and it's a big, smoky cigar. I love both of those things. It's one you do have to have time for. It is. Unless so, you smoke it like this, apparently. Right. But, you know, so, <laughs> the inch has always been, it's one of our top sellers. It's Ernesto's, as I've said it every time we talk about inch on the show, he is the ringmaster. He is the, the godfather of big ring gauge cigar. There and, were no And that's a little counter to, to what's the trends are right now. The sure. trends right now, a lot are a lot of they're people getting, are going into smaller cigars going and back smaller. And they are things going like back that. Smaller. And and I personally, I just like the big ring gauges. The, the oh. you know the, the two most popular are our Maduro, the inch sixty four mm-hmm. Maduro, and then the natural. And this is the Colorado wrapper. Oh, so and not new. yeah, so not a lot of manufacturers use a Colorado to begin with. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of them do a Colorado on a big ring gauge for sure. Um, but Ernesto does it, and it works, and it's nowhere near our most popular. The Colorado is my favorite in the inch line. I'm not a huge big ring gauge guy, and I've started smoking more working for him. Um, the Ringmaster, which uses it's a Nicaraguan puro, mm-hmm. uh, so it's got a little more spice to it, a little more mm-hmm. flavor. Um, but this is this is something different, and for somebody that that likes a full flavor from a Maduro, but maybe doesn't want it quite as strong. Yeah, this, this is something definitely. To I go would to. put this in a solid medium as mm-hmm. far as a flavor profile goes. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and uh, because your Maduro is definitely in the full. Oh, absolutely. Like it's it's that's a big, big smoke. Um, this is a solid medium to me, like right about the center of medium, and it smokes great. As you can see, the burn on it's fantastic. The ash is nice <laughs> and solid. I haven't managed to drop it on myself yet. Um, but, yeah, the smoke from it is nice and big. That's what I expect from from the inch in general. And that's one of the things I love about it. It's just like every puff is this big, 
huge amount of smoke. Just love that. It's like those dragon vapors that are blowing out huge clouds. Of <laughs> 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 uh, that's very picturesque. Yeah. And we could go back to some of the jokes, but I, but I won't. Yeah. Uh, um, so I tell you what, Sue, I was going to. Uh, I thought we might taste this next uh, whiskey, but let's do this in the next segment. We'll take a quick break. I know. Can I say I, two things real quick? Uh, well, I was just going to say I did see you take a, yes, a sip did. already. Let, let's bargain. Can and, I say one thing? And if we <laughs> if we see Ian's glass, it's already substantially drained. So I know research has been done, but we'll come back and do that. What, what did you want to say? Well, two things, uh, real quick. Speaking of great cigars, uh, La Barba Ricochet. I'm having this right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely fantastic steak. I, La Barba this Ricochet. Would, I, I've had hit or miss with some Labarba sticks before. This one uh, is is kind of blowing me out of the water. I'm very happy. So with it. Nice. It, it, I love Tony. He's a great guy. He does a lot of stuff with Robert Caldwell and mm-hmm. Matt Booth. And uh, that cigar, I love that cigar. It's a mm-hmm. it's listen. I it's a great stick. I bought it a week ago. It's been sitting in my hearth. I'm very happy with it. Nice. The other thing I was going to say is, um, in regards to. Oh man, it's around the tip of my tongue. All right, well, you think about that. We'll we'll do it when we come back. Uh, We will uh, return momentarily. It's Smoking and Toast and live from Stogie's with uh, two guys nobody cares about. Here we go, my friends. We're back with uh, Smoking and Toasting. We are live uh, from Stogie's with a couple of guys nobody cares about. It's show number 132, and we are brought to you by the amazing and fine folks at B&B Butchers and Restaurant. Not only are they awesome sponsors, but, you know, they just it's just a great place to go. Talking about B&B? Yeah. Oh, B&B is Jeremiah so is a saint. He, he is, he's amazing, and I, I got a chance to just sit down and spend a few minutes with him last week and just... Like I just love his energy and passion oh. for the world of spirits. Give and him a microphone and just about. let him go. Well, that's mm-hmm. that's why we do live shows there. Is because I have to do no planning for the show. We just give Jeremiah a mic and let him go. And I heard this rumor he knows something about bacon. I, you know, I <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know if he knows it or if he knows the people that know it. But boy, Man. do they know bacon uh, and great steaks and uh, and all of that. They're at eighteen fourteen. Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, and you got to try out B&B Lemon you know, uh, across the street from the Washington Ave We always location. talk about going there to eat, but they have that butcher shop there. Uh, they are actually a butcher shop. You can go buy a dry-aged steak Rick. there yeah. and take it home and put it on your own grill if, if you're so inclined, which, by the way, turns out amazing. I mean, yeah. pat myself on the back. I'm pretty good at making a steak, but when you buy that dry-aged beef, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's totally it's one of the few places that when I go, I have about – I go with a group of people – and we get five or six appetizers. Yeah. Yes. And oh, three yeah. of them are three of them are bacon, bacon, pork <laughs> <laughs> yeah. belly, bacon. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's they amazing. Do bacon three ways. Right, so bacon three ways. That's oh, what you. That's it. If you're with a, a group of people, especially ridiculous. Gotta go there. So you gotta good. go there. I like your little. Uh, you know. Yeah. What's it, going it on here? It looks even better you're, as you're using it uh, than it does. So just I've, I've got some. I've got big hands, but not not Ian and Cruz big hands. You guys yeah. have paws, bear paws. <laughs> you especially, Ian. Meat hooks. Every He's time a meat I hooks. Player. Every time I shake your hand, I, I second guess my manhood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I got picked up a cigar spike at a uh, at Rinfest, and uh, the cigar's starting to burn my fingers a little bit, and I don't want to have to hold it with my pinky out, so. It uh, looks kind of sophisticated, I'm, I'm actually. You know, I'm sure actually. people are going to make fun of me. This is the skinny jeans of, of cigar smoking utensils. No, speaking it's of, not. Uh, no, it's not. I know a lot of guys that use those, including Double D. So. S- speaking of uh, uh, accessories, which yeah, we'll get no. to. But, yes. uh, um, but I, I wanted to ask you real quick about reviews. You had one other 
uh, thing you were going to mention, and I hadn't asked you uh, about this, but you had mentioned to me uh, off the show that you thought the reviewer that that I read one-third of his review, uh, the one that said nobody cared about you guys, um, that he was also someone who'd written a very critical review of your show. Yeah, so so my, my whole thing is is I, I don't need everyone to like me. Not everyone's ever going to like you. Oh, that's especially good because Ian is not, you know, a fan. Not a fan. Yeah. That's why I've only been on your show once. Yeah. <laughs> that's also why you don't like me. But uh, I, I when you put yourself out there in any kind of social media platform by doing a show or by doing anything, <coughs> the one thing I don't like is I don't like being misunderstood, which right. happens, right? Mm-hmm. So... I'll read these reviews, not because I need some sort of self-inflated confidence or, or reassurance, but uh, if I say something wrong, which I often do, ask my wife, uh, I will, uh, they'll tell you, the internet will tell you, oh, yeah. you, this was wrong, I mean, what, what's that guy's name, Brian, that will constantly oh, correct things on the show? Brian. Brian's awesome. The episode with TJ Miller, I said that Nika was owned by Beam, and I freaking know better. I know better. And I, and, I, and I make it a habit that I don't ever speak on something unless I know what I'm talking about, but in the moment... During a discussion with somebody, you'll have brain farts, sure. right? I wish there was another word for that. Brain farts, it's just... It's pretty I'll come up though. with something. Give me some yeah, time. Yeah, you're great at coming up with taglines, so let's... <laughs> but yeah, so I started reading reviews, and I got a very uh, constructive review that was, was totally... I took it as constructive. I loved it. And he actually found me, because when you leave an iTunes review, it doesn't tell you the person's name. He found me and, and then thanked me for taking it well, and... Uh, and I thanked him for giving a really constructive feedback. And then I looked. Was this the same guy that said think, nobody cared about you? Well, I think it's the same guy that <laughs> left your reviews. And and I can't, you know, I'm, I'm not going to speak on that review because I don't want my review to change. But, <laughs> but, but I'll, I'll tell you that um, I thoroughly have enjoyed the, but I, I, st- I had to stop looking at it. I had to, yeah. I, not that we've got a bunch of bad reviews, but there's been a one low review and two constructive reviews out of 30 so i'm okay with that i'm okay with that you're not gonna be everyone's cup of tea but i i i I want transparency i want people to be constructive because i want to get to the point where you know if a brand gets upset at me for being honest then maybe they know better than to to put something out there or they learn to take it better we're in a different environment now Mm -hmm. uh with facebook in the world of spirits you're going to get honest opinions, and you either have to have thicker skin and take mm-hmm. it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Some of these you have to take for a grain of salt, but others are – there's substance there, and you should learn from it. And it, I'm telling you, this Spirit Hounds Distiller's Malt, straight malt whiskey, was a surprising. Uh, a lot of Texas distilleries are, are still trying to solve that Rubik's Cube. And I gave constructive feedback to one of my favorite Texas distillers, Robert Licorice of Iron Root Distilling, Iron Root Republic. Uh, and he he took it. Him and his brother have been. If there's anyone in Texas that I know of that's really experimented with every type of mash bill, every type of corn, it's Iron Root. And I had a gr- I've developed such a great relationship with them. I cannot speak more highly of what they're trying to do and what they're trying to do or what they're trying to solve. Their whole family. Their whole, the family. whole family. Marsha, she's known as the mother of Texas whiskey. She's. I mean, it's a family-run establishment. Not everything they make is fantastic, but it's getting every single release I've had from them has gotten better and better and better and better. And you've got to be a brand that's willing to take that feedback and evolve. Otherwise, your brand will die. Yeah, there's no question. There's well, no come question. on, look at look at how many Texas distilleries that we have, right. and how many of them do the the what they do. I mean, you invite 12 or 15, 20, 20 people up to your distillery. 
not, you don't just give them a tour. It's a two-day event up there. I did it last year. I know Chris couldn't make it last year, but you made it this year. A couple of the same people from last year went this year, didn't they? Yeah, so and, we had a bunch of people this year, and yeah, it sold out immediately. And it's it's absolutely amazing. They go up, they feed you, they wine you, they dine you. You get to try anything and everything. They make you a few cocktails. I mean, and they let you try everything. You go back in the Rick House, and they're letting you try 20 barrels. Every, we tried through 20 different barrels, barrels of theirs. Wow. We ended up buying one. Uh, the one thing I love about Texas Distillers is if if there's anyone open to saying yes to something, it's Texas Distillers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You say, hey, I want to try this. Jake, he was on your show last week, talked Jake about Clemens, doing a yep. private mm-hmm. blend between brands. When the Texas Whiskey Association, and I don't mean to pontificate here, but bear with me. When the Texas Whiskey Association came about, they were worried that trying to get together all these Texas Distillers, which are effectively competitors, are they going to want to do this? The answer was universally yes. Yeah. I mean, Balcones has been, uh, at the I think, at the forefront of innovation from day one. Every couple of months, I go through and I check for new stuff coming out to the TTB website. Balcones has got three more releases coming out. Mm-hmm. And they're constantly innovating. Iron Root's got new stuff coming out. Uh, Tower Caro's a brand new distillery uh, that I had lunch with him a couple weeks ago. And he I gave him constructive feedback about his bottle design. I thought it looked like a perfume bottle. And it turns out what he was trying to implement with his with his bottle design was to make it look like an old-fashioned cantina. Or not a cantina. What's canteen. It? Canteen. Canteen, yeah. And they were going to have an old-fashioned uh, tin cup added to the bottle, which would give it that final that look. Final right? look. But they're still trying to source someone to make those those <coughs> tin cup, can, you know. So in the meantime, I was like, I think the one issue you might have is some criticism on the bottle design. And he was thankful that I gave it to him. Texas distilleries are killing it right now with trying to just, I mean, they're open to everything. I'm going to tell you, uh, Jake brought a bottle of that with him yeah. when he was on the show last week. I loved it so much. It was one of my favorite new whiskeys I've tried in a long, long time. It, I just thought it was fantastic. I'm just really happy that we lit, we're, we're, we're almost there. We're not quite there, but we're at the beginning stages that almost all brands are open to feedback. Yeah. And taking it well. Some don't get their feelings hurt at all. Buffalo Trace, you can say whatever you want about anything they make. They don't give a shit. They're going to sell every bottle. <laughs> yeah. And they're fine. Other brands who are trying to establish themselves, they got their ears perked. Right, right. You know? It, it, I, I love the era we were in, and, and I will continue to push for honest in these types of conversations because I think they need to hear it. Well, and part of that falls back on HBS and... We've, we, you and I have seen firsthand the influence HBS can have on a brand. Good, Peace and Bourbon Society. Yes, yeah, that's Peace and Bourbon Society, good or bad. Or mm-hmm. bad, uh, You know, I, I, I don't want to say it was strictly because of us, but Travis got a huge boost from Houston Bourbon Society. No, because Tra- Travis and his brother both have both said that HBS has really created the cult following that they have now. Yeah. And they freaking deserve every bit of absolutely, it. Absolutely, we may have noticed them, but it was so good. But it's all yeah. them. Yeah, it's their product that's making the cult following happen. You can't create a cult following behind something that's garbage, right? But, but you right. can try. <laughs> but then, yeah. but then you look at the Unless flip you side use of a that. Cold activated can <laughs> and, and some big horses. That's right. But no. you, yeah, you look at the flip side of that with Devil's River and that whole fiasco, and we, you know, HBS. I say we, but HBS actually got. Liquor stores to stop carrying Devil's and bars. River and, and bars. bars. 
but the, that's the that's the downside. The one thing you have to battle with the new environment is mob mentality. Yes, that's true. If you get the right, and it started with craft beer. Craft beer is a hundred times bigger than craft whiskey or whiskey. Period. But what what happens, and what's happened in the past, is you get someone assuming the someone of credible influence assuming the worst in a brand, and the mob mentality jumping on that's and right. tearing them apart when it's not necessarily deserved. No, that's right. And we'll get to some of that when we talk about the Pokemonification. I can't wait beer, for you to talk which about I, that. Which I just love saying, by the way, the Pokemonification. Um, before we uh, go there, though, let's talk about this uh, this uh, whiskey. This is the second one you've opened uh, from the Spirit Hound people. And this one's a smaller bottle, but this is also a little different proof, isn't it? It's a cast yeah. strength offering. Yeah. I'll tell you who's going to love that. Uh, everyone. I love that. Gene's going to love <laughs> it. it. That's delicious. Gene's Gene going to love the shit out of that. crazy for that. You know, uh, when, I really can't wait to tell him that it was reviewed on the show and we loved it. I really am so shocked yeah. that it's as good as it is. When and you have a wireless mic, by the way, you are the one elected to uh, show things to the I, I'm camera. starting to see that. It's like when, when you first get your, camera. like when you first get your driver's license, you're excited, and then you're the family go Then you realize yeah. you were driving everywhere. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, I tell well, you, this is delicious. Tell me what you uh, what you like about this. So it's it's exactly the ninety proof, <coughs> just with a bump and everything, uh, bump and proof, bump and flavor, bump and mouthfeel. It's, it's more viscous. Remarkably the same flavor profile wise. Uh, just backing up what you're saying. Yeah, but but a little bit more bolder. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like on eleven. The only thing I'm nervous about, and I, and I hope they take this with a um, grain of salt, with a grain of salt, because I don't know what the price is. I'm worried about price. Yeah. Right. With craft distillers, you have a bigger price, but I'll tell you, if this is within that forty-five to fifty dollars range, I, I, knowing it's a craft distillery, I'm willing to pay that price. They're either sitting there watching, going, "Yeah, Chris," or they're going, "Oh crap, why yeah. did you?" I, I don't know what the price is, but I'll tell you, it, it was probably smart to do the three seventy-five because yeah. if it's too expensive to do a full-size bottle, and they're conscious of that, let's do half-size bottles, yeah. and it's a little bit more appealing. Absolutely, absolutely. Again, innovation. I'm excited about this beer. Absolutely. Two well, things. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say. I think that's one wonderful thing about the market is is the fearlessness in the market right now to just try anything. Yes, and and I love that in in the crap brewing scene as well. And Chris, I was just gonna mention that one of the important distinctions that I draw between your show and ours, and I say this with pride about our show, is that we have I feel like the most low tech sound effects in. The podcasting business. We don't have any sound effects in ours. I know, but we can't I, afford we, them. But, but, well, neither can we. That's why we do the low tech version of when we. Uh, no, they're not. They're not low tech. They're authentic. Yeah. Well, good organic, way to put it. You're a salesman. When we yeah. uh, when we do a sound effect of someone opening a beer, we have this remarkable way that we that we generate that. We it's, have someone open a beer, and it it it's it's way works. to do it. It, it, it keeps it works. real. It keeps us. It keeps us. You know, grounded. Keeps us earthed. Uh, I'm very excited about this next beer. It's from Olympia, Washington, and from a brewery called Three Magnets. I was uh, not uh, familiar with these guys, not seen this on store shelves, So, uh, but I I'm sure you will have seen this if you're in the Olympia, Washington area. And I do have another can of this, by the way, if you like it, so we'll... Uh, uh, we'll Let me see can. This is, I will this wire is a wirelessly easy, take it to the camera. IPA that... Uh, it looks like it's going to be right in my wheelhouse in terms of. Uh, I tell you something right off the flavor. bat. Yes, the nose reminds me. Nose smells good. Yes, but there's a, a thing that happens a lot with uh, hazy IPAs. Yeah. Is it a hazy or juicy? And what's it? I mean, they're both. This, it's 
two ways of saying the same thing. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, it kind of smells like hot burn. Like, I'm going to have a little bit of heartburn after it. Hmm, interesting. Uh, there's a smell that specific IPAs get. But it smells incredible. I'm just, we'll see. Ian, with you not being the IPA guy, let's start with you. Tastes like fizzy lemons. Which, by the way, just because... Great name for a beer. Great name for a shirt. (laughs) Fizzy lemons. I call them... Never mind. Fizzy lemons. It gets weird. Fuzzy lemons is what I was going to (laughs) say. It gets weird. Um, uh, Okay, so my first blush on this is that I'm like, uh, overwhelmingly love it. It gives me that that juiciness, the, the beer that's almost like an orange juice sort of a vibe to it with a little lemon in there. There is something on the finish, though, that I'm not as crazy about. There's uh, a lemony pine. finish. Pine. I get pine needles. And yeah. you don't like that, right? I'm, I'm not a fan of this at all, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and put that one down. Um, the, the, the first I'll, I'll burst take it of if you flavor, want to pass it over here. I kind of like. Um, <laughs> the first burst of flavor I kind of like, and then everything afterwards is not yeah, my palate. It's it's pine coney. It's um, I like the pine. Reminds, that, me of a fr- it reminds me of freshly cut lawn. Like no. like, and, and and again, this is my palate. So a lot of people do like that that side of it, but that to me is not a very balanced IPA um, overall. And it tastes. And I will the agree. Lemon it's not finished, balanced. Lemon finish leaves me going. Mm. I wish I had something else on my palate. Alan, I know you're kind of in the same neighborhood with IPAs as Ian is, although we've we've had some when you've been on the show Couple, yeah. that you've really liked. Uh, but what's your take on this one? Um, so my, I, I'll tell you, my son's 18, going to be 19, early part of next month. If that was available when he was a little boy, I would have used it instead of soap to wash his mouth out when he, uh, when he said something. <laughs> oh, he, he didn't say. like it at all. That is – it's so – I do, there I are some IPAs it. I enjoy. Yeah. Very few, but there are some. That tastes like somebody took a bad IPA to begin with and watered it's it down. A, it's, you know, now that, now that it's, I, it's I, a little past my palate, it's got a little soapiness to it, too. So, yeah. kind of, I'll agree with the soap, but it also reminds me of the cedar notes. Like, it's got kind of a... Mm. There's something about it that reminds me of almost like fresh cut wood that's still green, you know? Like, there's a bit of... Sawdust? But, but, but still green. <laughs> I, I like it. I, I don't. I don't love yeah. it. I like I mean, it. If, if by green you mean maybe sawdust from treated lumber. Okay, I see. You're picking up a chemical note there. <laughs> yeah, okay, no. So I, I, that I'm cheap not, green I'm, wood you get I'm for your here. fence. Uh, yeah. I, I'd rather, I'm not here to bash it. I, it that's not my palate. I I would pass this, on this that. Will, Brian this says lemon fresh pine salt. So I did a spill yeah. there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was about to sneeze and I did a spill. Yeah. I'd rather uh, drink art bag. Now I don't need to uh, spill. Uh, I will say that... Now's um, the time to pee on yourself, by yes, the way. by the way. <laughs> no one will know the difference. You know what they call that? They call it the Ozzy Osbourne. Adam, this one's yours if you'd like so, to... Uh, because you, you know that story, right? No. It, uh, of course, Ozzy... Wait, who's Ozzy? Uh, Ozzy Osbourne. I'm just oh, come on now. <laughs> you know uh, Ozzy... Not Ozzy and Harriet? For years, uh, during the Ozfest uh, era, uh, Ozzy, when he was performing, at a certain point uh, during his performance, would take a bottle of water and dump it all over himself. A bucket. A bucket, yes. Yeah, it was always Thank a bucket. Uh, and the reason that he did that is because he was uh, suffering from uh, a bit of a bladder control issue. And so by doing that, if it he were to pee himself, you couldn't tell. That's true. 
Wow, that's true story. Didn't know that. So what? Yeah. What does he do if he's got to go number two? Well, I don't think I don't think he has an issue with that. And that's why it's called the Prince of Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> and we digress. Uh, I will just say about this IPA. I, I, I'm a real fan of hazy and juicy IPAs. Uh, I like this one. It's not certainly not my favorite. Uh, the thing that that kind of strikes me about it that I don't like as much is, in fact, the finish. The finish has got a little bit of that lemon. I remember, Ian, when we were doing the light beer <laughs> blind taste test, you you liked one light beer because you said it was one of the only ones that had flavor. And I said, yeah, but the flavor is lemon pledge. Uh, and... Uh, and I get just the that was Bud Light Lime, by uh, the way. Yes, I get the tiniest and, and the bit of that. Funniest from part of that Bud Light Lime is no one got lime; everyone just got lemon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or in my case, lemon pledge. Well, that just goes to show you you can put a lime in a beer and it's great, but you make a lime flavored beer and not so much. Mm-hmm. Or you can put a lime in a coconut. Uh, what's uh, the uh, what's the and drink it all up? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all right, so I tell you what, let's do. Let's take uh, another quick break. We'll be back for the next segment. We'll do a couple of whiskeys in the next segment, and then I've got the swear jar uh, porter. Now that, that I'm I looking forward to, to. Try. and I know you're looking forward to that. So, uh, so we'll come back. Plus, still to come, the Pokemonification of craft beer. We'll tell you what that means and why it's a thing, and uh, we'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting. Welcome back, my friends. It's Smoking and Toast, and we are live from Stogie's with uh, a couple of guys that nobody cares about, but with someone that actually people do care about, and that's Jorge from Stogie's. Uh, Jorge, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Thank you for having it's, me. It's, it's a always, pleasure having you guys here. Always nice to have you on, and, and we love the stuff that you're involved with uh, with, with with these guys, and, uh, and we appreciate your involvement in the whiskey sniff uh, last year was, that was so fun. was so much fun. You. Oh, we love uh, you know we we love doing it. Well, and this, it was, this year we went a little bit further and created a special cigar for the oh for, okay for the so, social right. So Chris has been you know dropping me hints about this, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so tell me tell me what uh, what we're looking at. This is a special cigar created for the whiskey social. Correct. It is. It, it is. It was a, a cigar that uh, Matt Booth from Room Room One One Cigars right. Uh, uh, Chris and I blend it together. It's a, it's a cigar that um, we think goes really, really well with all all, all bourbons and uh, whiskeys. And you know, it, yeah. it, it it truly uh, uh, pairs fantastically with this with these things. It can take drinks that have a little bit of peat. It can take you know the ones that that don't don't have any peat, and, and it 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 stands happy. It them. works with both of yeah. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cigar is made in the Dominican Republic. It's a uh, Toro size, which is the most common size out there. And uh, it uses uh, an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper with uh, a Dominican filler and binders. That Ecuadorian Habano wrapper is just such a flavorful. It is. It is wrapper. such a such a good wrapper, and it's so yeah. easy to uh, blend with it because uh, it it truly has a lot of flavor, a lot of good uh, qualities to it. It doesn't have a lot of spice, but it it gives you just you know it it, it dances in 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 your palate it it has so much smoke and 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 good qualities to it that we love blending with it so how can people get the cigar and try it are you selling it here at the store the cigar no 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 the 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 cigar was made exclusively for the Houston whiskey social okay it will be available tomorrow uh, uh, saturday or uh, Two days. Uh, yeah saturday we're, sorry we're both thinking yeah, to, we're we both keep saying yeah. tomorrow <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, at the uh, Houston Whiskey Social, it it comes in uh, ten, ten, 10 packs like this. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, each 10-pack is, is $92 or $93. Uh, it's exactly $100, including tax. And, um, and it well needed, done, by the yeah, way. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. And you need to make it expensive enough so that Chris can buy the boat that he's been working No, on. I actually it's don't sad. make any money on this. Yeah, <laughs> no, you know, no, this, I'm this just is, messing with this you. This is you strictly know. out of love. Chris, yeah, Chris, uh, yeah, Jorge, Chris truly, I, I'm such yeah. a huge fan of Jorge and what Stogies has done in Houston. We've Thank been talking you. about them for months. We've been talking about them on Whiskey Neat. We've been talking about, uh, I mean, if you're going to visit, we get a lot of people who say, I'm coming to Houston. Where do I need to go? What's the best place to drink? What's the best place to smoke? It's Stogie's in Houston. If you're not coming to Stogie's in Houston, you're a cigar lover. You miss you've that, missed yeah. an opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like you go yeah, to we... if you're a Disney fan, you go to Florida and you don't go to Disney World. What are you doing with your life? <laughs> so yeah. I, I got with Jorge a couple months ago, and and actually I got with with Alan uh, uh, probably six months ago, and we've been trying to find a blend that would be perfect for the event. You know, the group is known to do barrel picks where we go out, we go to the distillery, we pick a barrel, we taste through a bunch of barrels, we find one we like, we pick it. We thought, wouldn't it be fun to do a cigar blend? And this is not some, like, canned cigar blend that That you're just sticking your name on, right? That's correct. It's not that. This is a custom micro-batch blend of 2,000 sticks minus what I've already purchased, which is none of your business. Uh, (laughs) But there's there's not much... the ones that I've smoked. Yeah, there's there's not much left. And we wanted to find something that would go great at the event. Jorge, uh, we tried a few samples before. Couldn't find anything I liked. Uh, I got with a, a friend down in Clear Lake. He brought me some samples from a place in, in the Dominican. Kellner's in the, in the Dominican, right? Yeah. Okay, don't say that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we, we just we couldn't quite. There was nothing horrible. It just wasn't quite right. It didn't quite go well with whiskey. So I got with Jorge, and uh, he he brought me just a phenomenal and the moment i smoked this i was like this is the pick this, this is, is what so, we're doing so you're picking a cigar specifically that goes with whiskey which is a little bit backwards from the way we generally do it right the, well the way that you do we, your whiskey yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah we yeah. usually find the cigar first and then look for a whiskey that will go i with think that. that's actually really cool and innovative well, yeah. this is the first for the event, and in fact, it's the first for any Texas event. No one has ever done a private blend for mm-hmm. cigars for you know any whiskey event in Texas, and Texas had many of them. And uh, Jorge and Miami, uh, not Miami, Room 101 brought the heat, and uh, I was so happy with it. I, I brought a few sticks. I, I know, Ian, you, you smoked one last week, mm-hmm. uh, along with our, our beer blend that we did. Mm-hmm. We did a beer recently, and... I, I don't need to make any money on this. I just want to do cool shit. Yeah. I mean, as 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 unprofessional as that sounds, I just <laughs> I just want to do something that people are going to say. Don't let your sponsors hey, hear that. Well, you do it for the love, man. I and, do it for the love, that's, man. That's, that's yeah, really what that's it is right. all that's about. That's what it's well, all about. Yeah. So at the Whiskey Social, will the obviously these will be available in the packs. Will they be available as singles or just in the packs? Just in the packs, okay. but it, it really depends on whether we sell out at the Whiskey Social or not. Okay. The cigar, so, it's it's a one time micro batch. We're not gonna, you know, do it again. It won't repeat, right? No. Next year we'll we'll come up with something different, a different blend, a different size, perhaps. Uh, that is also gonna pair well with uh, with all all kinds of spirits. So with but it being uh, a, a something designed basically to pair with whiskey, I'm guessing probably no stronger than medium. I would see when I first smoked the 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 first cigar I had, I would say I thought it was. M- on the high end of medium, okay, approaching medium to full, but not quite medium to full. Mm-hmm. And since they've we've gotten them in, I'd say it's definitely in the medium, and it's going to be, I think, approachable to anyone who's a cigar smoker, whether you're new or, or 
an experience cigar smoker. That was done on definitely. purpose, you know. We wanted to make sure that the cigar was not too too strong or too mild. If it's too mild, you're gonna lose it when you're drinking whiskey. You lose interest. If it's and you too lose strong, the, yeah. it's gonna overpower the, the the flavor of the whiskey. And you and you you'll do like one at a time. I've had a couple yeah. of like really full bodied cigars that the next day I was I was hurting. Yeah. Uh, so we wanted to find something that honestly I've had several occasions where I've smoked two of these. One poker game, I had three of them. Uh, I just really just loved it, and I'm I'm very happy with it. And uh, you know, if this works out well, then we'll we want to do something much bigger and and kind of hit a, a bigger audience. Uh, I just would like to back up. You were at a poker game, and you smoked three of these cigars. Well, I, you know, it if was you a play, long game. it's yeah. a long game. So if you play and, poker. Every poker game I ever played that was tournament style was a good five hours, six hours of my time. And I was my wife in, was not happy. I was, I was not invited to this poker game. I didn't know you played. Oh, yes. Oh, that's a different... <laughs> o- we're about to open a door in our friendship that I think we can't come back from. Yeah, this, this is entirely possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Jorge, if there are any of these left after the... Uh, um, after after the, the social, yeah. people will be able to buy them here. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, we'll be able to. Do There's only one place in Houston you can get it, and that's Stogie's off Westheimer. We'll have it here. Whatever doesn't make it out of the social. And by the way, what doesn't make it, there's only 210 packs. Yeah. Minus what I've already bought, which is none of your business. Right. So <laughs> one of those and is the ones be mine. And the yeah. ones that he smoked. Yeah. Yeah. So, so <laughs> minus that, minus Ian's, minus mine. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, tell me about working with Matt Booth. What was that like? Uh, I mean, he's got a bit of a. Reputation as a sort of a wonder kid. Uh, people Matt. love Matt Booth. He's got an immense following, and him and Jorge are very close. Okay. Matt, Matt is, is is probably the the closest friend I have in the industry. Mm. Uh, in your face, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> on, on on the side of manufacturing. But it's it's always fun to uh, work with Matt. We've we've done five exclusives already with Matt Booth. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, four of them are available for purchase here in, 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 in my that, shop. Is that uh, with the Lancero that you had available last year? I, I have two different Lanceros with him. I have one called the Ichiban and one uh. called the Namakubi. Yeah. He also made our 20th anniversary cigar for us. And he's made a couple of other uh, special event uh, exclusives as well. Hurry, what do you think <laughs> it is that makes him such a... Um, uh, such innovative, expert, in, yeah. Innovative is the right word. Wh- he's why is he so innovative as a blender? He's the that's, Elon Musk. That's just cigar. that's just the way he is. But yeah. you know, he's he's also like like that in all his other businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he 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 started selling jewelry or or making jewelry for the stars well, in uh, Hollywood. Yeah, I remember he took a like yeah. leave of absence or uh, whatever from the cigar Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's 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 who who he is. I actually asked him once. What do you come up with all these ideas? And uh, uh, the response was epic. I think he said, uh, "You know, they're just living rent-free in my head, <laughs> and I put them out as I need them." So <laughs> That's uh, beautiful. You know, yeah, Matt. Matt's a great guy. Very approachable. Very easy to work with. Um, uh, he's got one of the most sophisticated and developed palettes that I've ever seen in in the industry. There's only a handful of guys that can do what he does. Truly. That's great. And uh, you know, he's 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 going to be at the uh, social with us. He's, oh, that's great. So he's flying down able, tomorrow. He's flying will be down able tomorrow. to meet him when Absolutely. they come out to the, Oh, that's awesome. We'll make sure that he's able to autograph all these packs for them if, if, if they want him. That's and, great. And take a picture with him. You know, he's a great guy to have around. That's great. Yeah. Well, we're looking forward to that. And I, I have not met him, so I'm looking forward to Likewise. being able to meet him. And uh, and as we did last year at the uh, Social Ian, I'm sure we will we'll be, be doing interviews. Yeah, we'll be doing some, uh, some segments, and hopefully we can spend a little time with 
with him and talk about this Absolutely. blend and, and, I'll make sure and how, he, how he came about You've it. We've got that's, something going on tonight, too, don't you, with another Titan. We do, yeah. we do have another, uh, another master blender here tonight, uh, uh, Willie Herrera from, from Drew Estates. Oh, my God. See, Willie is like nice. Willie, Willie, Willie is, is a guy. Yeah. The tallest Cuban. Uh, he's he's, uh, he's uh, got to be the tallest Cuban uh, ever. Uh, the, the Herrera six foot seven is one that I always keep in my humidor, too. Is he taller than Omar? He is about an inch and a half taller than Omar, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. I I find it interesting that, uh, and I mean, you know, we, you've had, you've had so many of the luminaries of the cigar uh, business here. Um, Ian and I met AJ Fernandez here. Well, you know, uh, we're very fortunate yeah. that, that that those guys. Uh, make make the time to come see us and yeah. spend time time with me, with my customers, with everybody here. We, um, people can get on like your email list and find out about these events. Absolutely, that they have absolutely. Up. What, go, can they go, do that from your website? Go to our website, yep. stogiesworldclasscigars.com, and uh, and 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 sign up for the email. And 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 you know you're gonna get the, the invitations to every one of our events. Uh, you're gonna get emails about the the new releases we have coming out. Uh, we promise not to send more than an email, you know, one or two emails a month. We're not. We're yeah, not I was going to say I'm on the list, and, and yeah. you do not yeah. like. No, we don't. We don't want to do that because I don't right. like it done, done to me, so I don't do it to other people. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get but it. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's the easiest way to know what's going on at Stogies. You know, Jorge, what I appreciate so much about you and about Stogies, but about you in particular, is uh, there's the people that we have connected with the most since we've started doing the show are the people who have such a passion for what they're doing and, and, and for, you know, obviously in your case, the, the cigar industry, but it's true on the craft beer and spirit side as well. What, how did you get involved in this, like, crazy cigar business? You know, I've, I've been smoking cigars since I was 18 years old. I, uh, it, it's just something that uh, became a passion, became a hobby of mine, mm -hmm. and eventually that hobby became a business. And uh, I, I just, uh, it, it, it just grew on me. Uh, yeah. I know you're not supposed to ask this in this PC time, but what is your heritage? Where is your family from? I was born in Mexico. Okay. Uh, my family is Lebanese okay. uh, on, on both sides of my family. So I'm full-blooded Lebanese, but I was born in, I'm second generation born in Mexico from both sides of my family. So, so your accent is more Mexico than, uh, than uh, Well, I, I, sure. I grew up in Mexico, yeah. Okay. I grew yeah. up in Mexico. I, 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 I've only visited Lebanon a couple times. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Is there, a, is there a cigar scene in Lebanon? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not as, uh, you know, the, 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 the whole cigar culture pretty much in the rest of the world is not as developed as it is here in the United States. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And with, and you, with go, you go to other countries and yeah, you're going to find stores, you're going to find lounges, but not that many of them and, 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 and everything's small, tiny, you know, they, they have a couple of chairs for you to sit down. Uh, every once in a while you come across a, a, a nice lounge, but uh, they also don't have access to all the cigars that we do. Right. Yeah, we can't get the Cubans in here, but and that's all they get over there. Right. And now they, you know, they're starting to get a few of the Dominicans and the Nicaraguans, but not that many. I, I may have asked you this question before, but I, I think it's a, a good enough question that I don't mind asking it again. Plus, we're very repetitive on the show, so that uh, we're so repetitive. Yeah, that 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 has to do with that. But um, if the embargo winds up being lifted at some point, uh, and and it's legal for you to sell Cubans in your mm -hmm. humidor. Here at Stogies, how do you think that impacts the cigar industry in the United States that has become so robust with, you know, Nicaraguan, Ecuadorian, uh, Honduran, uh, Dominican? Yeah, I I think it's just going to make it better. I mean, we we're, we're going to have access to everything that's that's out there. 
a lot of the of the uh, cigar smokers believe that Cuban cigars are better. Right. And uh, that's in, certainly in, the legend. In my opinion, they're not better. They're just different. Mm -hmm. right, the, 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 the Cuban tobacco has a very, very distinct flavor uh, that you cannot duplicate in, in other countries, even if you're using the, the same seeds. Uh, the, the properties of the, of the soil mm -hmm. are what really give that tobacco the, a different flavor. Now, uh, American palates are really used to the Dominican and, and Nicaraguan flavors. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's it's going to be hard. At the beginning, everybody's going to want to try the, the Cuban cigars. Uh, I think eventually they're going to say, okay, this is good, but it's not better than my 8 or $10 Nicaraguan, and I'm right. paying $25 for this. So it's going to become more of a special occasion cigar. I think, uh, I think the, uh, uh, the Cuban cigars are better than other cigars is a traditional wisdom that has proven much like, you know, you only get good beer in Germany. Uh, the same <laughs> You're way. You're absolutely right. You know, yeah, that's, like that, that's at a one point analogy. in time, that may have been yeah. true. Yeah, but at it's one not point anymore. In time, they had the only industry that was truly developed. Right. Now, the biggest problem that Cuba has is not the quality of the tobacco. It's the fact that it's government-owned, mm -hmm. and it's the number one source of income for the, for the country. So they uh, don't process the tobacco the way that it should be processed. They 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 cut back on all they the processes. Shortcuts. Yeah, a lot of shortcuts. Uh, uh, if if in in Nicaragua they. Um, well, ferment the tobacco for 18 months. In Cuba, they do it for three or four months and artificially start the, 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 the fermentation process. They well, don't age the tobacco. Government-owned well. pulls back a lot yeah. of the incentive to make that better product yeah. and make the and product better and better. there's truly no quality control, which yeah. is the worst part. You buy right. a box of, of, of Cubans and five or six out of the box, you can't smoke. Because they're right. not going to draw. They're so tight. And they were 25 bucks a piece. Yeah. yeah you they never went through more. a draw testing I, machine I like they just, do in Nicaragua. Just the, the other night case. smoked one of the Cubans in my humidor in the same way. All the other ones have been great. This one was plugged so bad. I had a poker I was ramming in there. Finally I, I got it I think it, it comes smoke. from the fact it's that like, it's been largely illegal. Right? Yeah. People, right. they can't have. You no. can't get it, so you want it. I know Nicaragua, problem, Honduras, Dominican, they've the been big, making big killing problem is that great cigars. According to Cigar Aficionado, about 94% of all the Cubans we smoke in this country Aren't are Cuban, counterfeit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're Honduran or Nicaragua or Mexican cigars with a Cuban label on them, and, 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 and we end up smoking crap, mm -hmm. thinking that we're smoking the real thing. Uh, truly, about 75% of the smokers cannot tell the difference. They do it for the experience, you know. Mm -hmm. Yes, they don't have the palate, but they they, they do it because they they like the uh, oh, experience. Of well, and, and, that's, down, and that's called smoking the label, so yeah. to speak. True, yep. you know. yep. true. Yep. And yeah. and some of them, some of them that I've had kind of taste like you're smoking yeah. the label. Now, once when when you get a good Cuban. <laughs> There's very few things like it. I, oh, mean, I agree with that. And, yeah. and I've had when you some get a, that have like Cuban cigar, almost life-changing experience. And there's a it's very unique quality to, to yeah. a, a yeah. true Cuban cigar that, that you don't it, get it from, like you said, the soil. It has a very like I said. You know, it's, it's, it, it has this, this aroma almost like fresh-baked goods, you know. It, 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 it's just fantastic. The, the problem is finding that good one mm -hmm. in, a, in, a, in a sea of bad ones. Yeah. You, know? you, can, yeah. you can eat a good pastry almost anywhere, but there's nothing quite like... A French pastry in France. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you were about to pour something, I thought, Chris. Yeah, I, I, I opened this Cal like Calumet Farm. So, uh, yeah. Calumet, right? I always, I always, mm -hmm. so there's a good Calumet. friend of ours, uh, Matthew Torregrosa, uh, reps uh, a few brands here in Houston, and Calumet does this thing where they call it single rack black, 10 year old. It's a small batch blend of 19 barrels, 
and uh, it's 10 years old, age dated, for a freaking re- reasonable price. And okay. so he is not paying me at all, but I, <laughs> I'm a fan, so this is a completely honest opinion. Okay. That's probably the, the number one sure. drink here at Stogie's. I actually am finishing yeah. up this yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, Matt, Matt is, 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 is one of our friends. He's one of, of the members here in, in the uh, private lounge. Mm-hmm. And obviously we like to support him. So uh, this, this gets poured here in uh, Stogie's more than anything else. I will mention about and being in the private lounge at Stogie's. Why don't you pair that with this? Please, uh, that's... I uh, uh, would love to. That would be the, the uh, social plan. cigar. Yeah. Uh, I'll just mention being in the cigar lounge here at Stogie's. One of the last times that we were here, hanging out with our buddy Alan Denny, um, we're we're sitting here doing the show, and in walked uh, Charlie from Half Wheel, who we, you know, promptly had Alan go and, you know, round him up to be on the show, and he came and did a a great segment with us, but you meet some very interesting people, is my point, here in the the Cigar Lounge at Stogie's. You've got some you got some pretty interesting we members. Got, we, we got some characters here, yeah. <laughs> that, that's for sure. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's always an adventure here. You it's never know what's going to happen. It's a great experience. So we're going uh, to take a quick break. We're going to light this up. Uh, we'll talk about it in the next uh, right. segment along with this uh, Calumet. Well, and uh, then we're also going to talk, of course, about the Pokemonification of craft right, well, beer. But, thank you for uh, having me. Thank you I so much for being it. on the show. Right. We, we just... You know, I, I just love your your store, you. and, and uh, like I said in an earlier segment, I've been uh, I've been a customer since before it was your shop. But boy, it was nothing it was nothing then like what it is it's, now, it, and it's it, uh, it's a little different. How now. long have you owned it? It's always a uh, twelve years. Yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah. Well, I've not been smoking that long. I don't think. Yeah. Well, no, about, years, about about twelve but, years. But I've been yeah. a customer for twenty five. Yeah, right. I was a customer of the shop before we uh, decided to buy it. I was yeah. talking about yeah. that before. Yeah. I used to come in here and. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, it was it a was, tiny little shop. It was a tiny little shop, oh, yeah. but it, it was, was just fun to come in. And, feet, but, but it was, it was fun, fun to come in and, and yeah. talk cigars with the guy. Absolutely. You know, Richard was the guy I remember. Yeah. I don't remember his last name. Howard Colvins. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I remember he was an odd dude, and I uh, say that with love. Uh, well, but, have you ever met Jorge? But, <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. I've since met plenty of odd dudes, uh, uh, including yeah, some well, that there's a lot. Look at the table right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right there's, there's, there's a lot of great odd dudes out there. Yeah, what I love, I'm definitely in one of them. And talking, you know, I was I was new to cigars at the time, and uh, you know, some of the first stuff that I learned about tobacco and cigars was from just having conversations with him. What was your first stick that you fell in love with? The first stick I remember being in love with was a Romeo and Julieta. Um, uh, it was a Churchill. Uh, it was just the standard. I'm, I probably it probably had a name that I'm not remembering, but it was just kind of like their standard blend. Sure. And about Real. That yeah, that Churchill. just right, that just became my go-to uh, when I first started smoking cigars. And then um, I tried a, uh, a Dominican Monte Cristo number two. Which became uh, a favorite as well. Do so you remember mine? The first one I ever. I bet you could guess it. Um, we talked about it. It was a Rocky. Well, uh, vintage ninety. Nineteen ninety. Well, Rocky Patel was my first cigar, cigar that I that I that great I was cigar. like this. I like cigars. Well, so and I've Rocky. told that story before of, of meeting Rocky and him giving me yeah. one of those before it was released. Back before there were Rocky Patel cigars. To in this a, day, uh, that is still in, and it's, in, it's the, in, uh, in Rocky's top three selling cigars. And interestingly enough, <laughs> it, and it's been a few shows And I enjoyed the 92, yeah. too. But I smoked one again and reviewed it uh, uh, on the show. And I, the gist of my uh, comments was that with all that's out there now, with so many of these brand new 
you know, crazy boutique uh, boutique things, and and as good as some of them are, don't sleep on going back and smoking yeah. those uh, those classic uh, Rocky Patel Could, ninety and ninety two. Can I can I speak to this that I just let up? The initial light on this is like toast right at the perfect edge of being burnt. Oh, is Ooh. that a good thing? Or no, bad? That's, that's, a a thing. that's a great thing. You know, thing. Yeah. Like, that's a wonderful like thing. Like right there, right at that perfect edge, it just... So one thing I will say about these cigars that initially the first thing I, I pulled from it was a perfect draw. Every I've had I've had no less than 25 of these. So you're and about to tell how many boxes or how many packages? No, 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 no. I still, I still have quite a bit, but no. But I, but I've I've smoked uh, probably a couple dozen of these, and the draw on every single one has been consistent. The draw on this perfect. is effortless, and the, I use the, the punch. And it's such the an important that, part that that makes that for Matt Booth is is a fantastic factor. It's a little factor in the Dominican Republic in Santiago. Yeah. Called Ventura Cigars. Oh, and oh they, yeah. And, yes, and yes. they make cigars for a lot of different mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. manufacturers, Caldwell and uh, Room 101. I mean, they, they make a lot of stuff. Wow. Uh, the quality is one thing you're always going to get from them. Yeah, the La Barba. Yeah. It's also great smoke that comes out of that factory. So I'm excited to light yeah. this one up. I'm going to do it in the break, and we'll be back uh, with more about whiskey. And uh, I'm already excited about talking about this. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, of course... The Pokemonification of craft beer in this final segment. Uh, we are smoking and toasting. We're live at Stogie's, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. Our final segment of show number 132. This is Smoking and Toasting, the show that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and uh, hand rolled cigars. My name is Cruz, my co host uh, Ian Barry, and we're here for the uh, show live at Stogie's with a couple guys that nobody cares about. There's a long story we told it earlier. We'll, uh, we'll not repeat it now. Wait, uh, we're, <coughs> but we're repetitive. Let's tell it again. Well, okay, sure. Let's tell it again. <laughs> I'm so, not repetitive. So let me give you uh, a, what are you not? I'm not repetitive. You're not repetitive. Okay. I'm not repetitive. Good to know. Um, so let me give you a, a URL. It's an easy one, WashingtonBeerBlog.com. Uh, and the reason I give this to you is because I encourage you, if you are interested at all in what's happening in the craft beer scene these days, uh, to go and read their, artic- their article called The Legacy Brewery Brews and the Pokemonification of Craft Beer. Now, I'm going to try to sort of summarize the part of this that I thought would be interesting for us to talk about. But basically, the, the point that the article makes is that legacy craft beer companies, companies like uh, Boston Beer Works, which is Sam Adams, uh, Deschutes Brewery, which has been around for quite some time and, and is a, um, a really legendary craft beer company. These guys <clears throat> are finding a new struggle with the changing landscape of the craft beer movement. And Chris, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about this with you guys on the show because you might also be able to speak to how this impacts uh, or could potentially impact the uh, craft distillery movement as well. And the basic uh, concept behind this is that the landscape has shifted. That it used to be, if you were a craft beer fan, you probably found your favorite and kind of locked into it stayed with it. You might be interested in trying other things, but what you really did is you found that IPA that you loved, that, you know, brown ale that you loved, that porter that you loved, and that was kind of your go-to. And any time you were at a bar that had that, you would light up, you know, because, oh, good, like like I do when I go someplace and they have 
Lone Pine Yellow Rose mm-hmm. IPA. And I go, whoa, yes, I'll have one. Um, but the way that the landscape is changing now, and this has something to do with uh, apps and people's phones and apps like uh, Untapped and Beer Advocate, where uh, it's become very much what they actually call sport, uh, sport drinking, which is almost more about chasing down those elusive, more rare sort of brews being able to post your review of those, we talked a lot about reviews on this show. On, uh, on and by the way, I have no problem with reviews. I just have problem reading reviews of our show because I'm. I've never read uh, one. I'm afraid that the, yeah, exactly. Uh, but you've read beer reviews though, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but the idea behind how the landscape has changed is that people are always chasing what's new and unusual sure. and interesting <laughs> in a way that's brought about some struggles for what you would consider the legacy brands in craft brewing. Uh, Sam Adams, despite the fact that you can find it on tap in a lot of places where maybe you can't find as many other apps. I'm always thrilled when I go into a place with limited options, but they do have Sam Adams. I'm like, I'll take one. Uh, but but there's, um, there's now so many of these craft uh, beer-friendly establishments where you go in and they've got 40, 50, 100 taps on the wall. And there's all kinds of things you're going to try, and people are going in, and I do this myself. You try stuff you haven't tried before. I don't have a tendency to go on, and, and maybe it's because we talk about beers on this show, but I don't have a tendency to go on and necessarily rate them on Untapped and Beer Advocate. But that's what a lot of people are, are doing, and that's the fun that they're finding mm, I have a f- in the whole I have a friend world. of mine that every time you bring out a beer that he's never seen, he's immediately like taking a picture of it and mm-hmm. putting it on his... It's his app. It's right. not just beers. It's of course we're talking about whiskey, but cigars as well. So you is know, that happening in the yeah, cigar world? Yeah, you know, uh, you can. I bet if you went and talked to every cigar shop around, the majority of them would say when their customers walk in, they 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 don't say what's on sale or you know it's what's new. Well, you've talked about that. the fact that you I do, do that. that all yeah. the time. And, you and walk you, in and say what's new. What's what do you new? have? What have I not exactly. Tried? And and so. Uh, People may not know, or maybe they do, but y'all are going to make it to IPCPR this year. We're hoping, yes. Okay, I hope. I really do hope y'all. Y'all are going to get to see everything that's new. Ninety percent of the stuff that's just that's uh, brought out there hits market. There are a few things that don't. People do it, and maybe it doesn't get uh, good reviews, or it doesn't get the traction, or they pull back on it. Um, But everybody wants something new. Every company, almost every company, puts out something new every year, or it the least they put out a new size and something that's been very well um we're doing something new i can't even talk about it yet but it's going to be amazing when it comes out i'll show y'all pictures when we're off the air but every company does that when i go into uh there's a place i went it's uh growler usa down in friendswood Mm -hmm. and great food and i i did a post on about facebook and got some great food but the first thing i did was i want to see the beer list and they probably got 40 or 50 beers on tap Mm -hmm. i went to the stouts and what have i not had i didn't want I love Saloon Door Tasty AF. I love Southern Stars Buried Hatchet. Those are ones that, if they didn't have anything that looked good, I can I can jump on those you and drink happy them. Right, it, happy, it, yeah. But it's just like in the cigar world. It's just like the guy who he smokes Romeo and Julieta Real. There, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a good, it's cigar. A good cigar. Smoke yeah. it. But they, they try something, but they've got that fallback. Mm-hmm. And, and I think craft distilleries, craft beers, uh, I'm not a gin guy at all. But Travis at Whitmire's makes a gin. That is good, and I enjoy it. Travis is like, no, you're going to try this. The first time I was up there, and it was great. I'm looking forward. I saw you bring yeah, it. Yeah, I brought some from Treaty Oak. Treaty Oak's killing it right now. Uh, I don't think it's the same for Texas distilleries. 
the beer craft movement again let me say this and then let me shape it <laughs> that's what he does, he does. yeah he's good I, at I have to I have to because I take my spit I, it out and then turn yeah, it into something yeah I gotta throw up on somebody and then apologize <laughs> after it's um, all about the cleanup. you can yeah. just spill your beer <laughs> yeah no I'll leave that to you uh, text distilleries uh, and just craft distillers in general are trying to come out with the next thing <laughs> but more often than not it's still it, it's still being shaped the painting is still being painted whereas craft beer the, you know there's a great saying uh, by Fred uh, not Fred Frank Krockenberger from Beam I love from Maker's Mark Frank said you can open a, a brewery fail as a business and close that brewery before you could ever open a distillery well, that's true. Yeah, so the idea, you can come up with a craft beer and knock it out in a week, week and a half. And if it's good, you can scale up. Mm-hmm. And I know that I'm dumbing this down to like, I, I'm give, I'm underselling No, but what this. you're saying is totally true. Distilleries, you've got to distill, age for years, hope that it's good at the end of those years. You know, there's something called elevage which is a French term that's used in cognac, meaning to raise, which means you check in on that barrel every few months, you taste it, see how it's developing, move it to a different side of the warehouse if it's not complementary in the the part of the warehouse that it's currently in. Uh, Iron Root talks about they have a sunrise barrel, or sunshine barrel, I forget what it's called, but they had a, in their barrel warehouse, they had a barrel, their warehouse has a set of doors on the right side. And the doors, like most garage doors, have a window. And this one window was shining on this barrel while it was aging. The sunrise barrel. And they would, when they would check in on all the barrels that weren't hit with direct sunlight, it wasn't as quite as interesting as this one barrel that just kept huh. getting hit by sunlight. Every day, it was getting hit with sunlight. And it's so much different than beer. And unfortunately, I don't think it's the same thing. I think with beer, you're going to... Or maybe fortunately. I don't know. This could be a good thing. Fortunate long-term, right? But it's right. it's one of those things where it's... <laughs> this is... this Okay, this is completely un-PC, but I'm going to say it anyways, because it's your show and not mine. <laughs> uh, it's like when you adopt a kid. That's why they like coming... <laughs> you don't know... This is why they like coming on our show. Yeah, you don't know what that kid, what history it came from, how it's going to be, where it started from. You hope that it, it, it you raise this kid and it's and it's healthy and normal and there's not a no longer. Lo- yeah, with beer, it's it's a you can tell if it's good for immediately. You know what I mean? Relatively immediately. I, it's not the same thing. You don't know. Craft you don't breweries, know how good that whiskey's going to be. Craft distillers are not viewed the same way that craft breweries are viewed. Okay, but. Le- the article makes an interesting point. It says, there's no social media cachet in posting a photo of your Samuel Adams Boston lager on Instagram. Yeah, no one gives a shit. Right. Correct. Even though it's a great beer, and it's been a great beer for years. Uh, That's like saying like, that yeah. food is good. Right. Everyone's it, familiar. It's, it's just like, you know, you don't earn any street cred by checking into Deschutes Brewery Black Butte Porter on Untapped. Although, again, still a damn yeah. good beer. Great beer. You know? Always loved it. Uh, so, there's a... Is it? Don't you think there's a similar thing in in the whiskey world? I mean, I'm trying to think. It of- happened with Copper and Kings. Yeah. Copper and Kings. Uh, I had a discussion with Fred Minnick a few years ago, or last year. And Copper and Kings is killing it in Texas. American craft brandy is doing very well here. Right. But in Louisville, where they're based, they don't sell shit. 
because they're it's just it's a bourbon centric environment a, and people aren't open minded to branching outside yeah, their comfort zone knowing your demographic has a lot to do with it I mean yeah. the episode I did with Joe Heron who's the most hospitable fantastic individual I've ever had to deal with uh, the name of the episode that he did on my show was called uh, a, a madman with a plan or something where the idea that it's complete crazy to go to a group of investors and say, hey, I want to open a distillery in Louisville. Oh, you're going to open a bourbon distillery? No, I'm going to open a brandy distillery. What? <laughs> there are no brandy distillers in Louisville. And craft they pulled it off. They pull off the craft brandy movement. But craft whiskey is still largely struggling. I mean, there's a, there's a running article uh, in the bourbon world where they go through a couple of, like, Tropes, a couple of commonalities that need to be addressed. And one of them is, no, your craft whiskey is not good. Quit saying it's good. Because craft whiskey is largely viewed as, as, as not being perfected yet. We're still very young. Craft brewery, different. It's like dog years versus human years. Whiskey <clears throat> needs human years to, to develop. The article talks about Steve Luke, who opened Cloudburst Brewing in 2016. And when he opened the brewery, he said he'd never make the same beer twice. Now, people told him he was crazy. And a brewery without that. a flagship beer. Guess what? With a few exceptions, he's remained true to his word, and his brewery is wildly popular because he's always Innovating. pushing out what's new. That's what Ingenious is doing well, right out of our back door. Ingenious. Uh huh. There are different mentalities about that. There are a lot of people who find something, and that's what they drink. And you, 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 touched on this earlier where you find your craft brew and you go this is what i get every time i go to the store i've always been um what's new what's happening what what can i find and it does lead to a little bit of you know when you look back at your old brands and you see the old standards like the boston lager and stuff like that like i enjoy those every time i go to a place that doesn't have a lot of other stuff i i order that that's my go-to however i don't generally go buy it and that's a detriment to that company just because there's so many options out there to try stuff. Well, l- let me let me make a point. I love this cigar. This is the uh, this is the uh, cigar that. But you love everything. Uh, uh, well, that's true. I, or I've been <laughs> accused of that. Uh, but I, but it was my review of the cigar. That remember burnt paper? Yes. Uh, yeah, that was my review. So, uh, but no, I love this cigar. This is a wonderful medium-bodied cigar that goes really, really well. With what I just sipped, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Calumet's killing it, yeah, man. Yeah, uh, it really. This is a cigar that I would love to make a regular part of my humidor rotation. You better buy a bunch of bundles when but you're I, at the social, yeah. right? I won't be able to because it's a it's a limited release. So as a consumer, I'm loving the experience, but I would I'm a little bit frustrated because I won't be able to add this to the you know, H. Upman by A.J. Fernandez and some of the other things that I buy regularly. It's a one-off, yeah. Right, this one's And I'll be honest with you, it was kind of news to me. Jorge was just on. He said that next year it'll be different. I would love to scale this up and, uh. and do – I would love to do a second batch of the same thing at a, at a much larger scale just simply because I love the cigar and I'd like it to have – I'd like to have it regularly available. So here, herein lies the problem. One, going to something you said about Ingenious, is I love their stuff. But I get frustrated because I'll go up and find something I really fall in love with, and it's like uh, it's like Buffalo Bayou, same thing. I get their limited releases. All their limited, I fall yeah. in yeah. love with it, 
and I'll and then stop. Man, I'm, I'm hitting total wine, scooping it up so I, that I can think, have ten bottles in the fridge. I don't think anyone in Houston does as many limited as they no, do. No, they, like, they do, and they do some crazy ones. So many ones, and yeah, some yeah. of them are really good, and we've tried them on here. Some mm-hmm. are really good, and some of them not so much. But hey, I'm going for it. But with with this, so with their stuff, I don't see with the beer industry where hey, we don't have this specific vanilla bean or that hops or whatever, so we can't do it again. With the cigar industry, a lot of these micro batches. Matt may have gone and said, okay, I, I like the smell of this tobacco. I think it's going to work well. It's a 2006, came from the Placencia Farms in Nicaragua. This is great. There's a finite number. Maybe they only had three only bales so of that much, tobacco. Right, right. So there is no way to to do it like the major. We, our, our tobacco is sourced with E.P. Carrillo. We, we don't have farms. So when Ernesto goes and he finds what he wants, the first thing he has to do is say, hey, Am I going to be able to get this year after year after right, year? Right. And is it going to be consistent? Are you going to be getting it from the same farm? Are you going to be, hey, we're going, we're going to grow it, but three years from now, we're probably going to have to grow it four miles away. No, he's not going to buy that tobacco. And that becomes a problem with scaling something like this. Is This this wrapper may have been a one-off. And that's right. there was enough to do 2,000 cigars, and that's it. So I guess it's, it's analogous then maybe to going to a great restaurant. And the waiter comes over, tells you about the special, and that sounds delicious. And you order it, and it's the best thing you've ever eaten at that restaurant. Guess what? You're not getting it the next, next time, time you come, come because it's a it's a special. So I guess uh, you know maybe maybe the lesson is that enjoy enjoy the limited things while you can. While you can, yeah. Have fun chasing them. But I want to put because I I feel like we owe such a debt as let's just keep it with craft beer for a second to the people who opened this whole industry mm. up and first brewed really delicious beer. So I want to encourage every smoking and toasting listener that's interested in doing this at all, go out over the next week or two, buy a six-pack of Sam Adams Boston Lager. Buy a six-pack of Deschutes uh, of the of the, uh, the, the Porter. Black Butte, the Black yeah. Butte Porter. Like, buy that, take it home, put it in your refrigerator, enjoy the hell out mm-hmm. of it, remind yourself where we came from, well, and help support these guys that a- are still... Yeah. There's a nostalgia it, place you know? for that too. Sure. Like beers that started you on the trip, uh, on the whole, you know, um, journey of finding, you know, bigger, better, faster craft beers, whatever. But like you go back to some of the ones that started you on the journey, and you go, yeah, that's just yeah, yeah. There good. we go. You yeah. know, I mean, it's like um, I. You know, I try to do that from time to time, uh, and some of them just slip through the cracks, you know. And there's beers that I still, I like. Uh, Flying Dog used to make a, a barley wine called Horn Dog, and I still, every time I walk by the Flying Dog section, I'm like, mm, you still man, look to see if they got put it. it out again. You know, yeah. it's so good, um, and that's fun. And you look for the next new thing, but but at the same time, sometimes just going back to that that first one that got you there, like you talk, you're talking about, what was the first cigar? You know, like for me, the um, the uh, Hemingway from Fuente, the the short Such story. A great cigar. It was the perfect size for a beginner uh, cigar smoker. It was on the light side with flavor. It still and it also spoiled you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, because it, that's a great smoke. Yeah, and and you expect things to live up to that, and you have to search for that. And and to this day, I will occasionally just buy one and smoke it. And I and I think to myself now, that's a very short smoke. You know, I wish I had more of that, but I won't buy the bigger ones because, like, that's what started me. I don't know. It's, it's just kind of a fun nostalgia trip that I do once in a while. Chris, we have almost done in our uh, pours that you gave us 
on this on this whiskey. This is the uh, Calumet, uh, and we haven't really talked about it. So while Ian shows that to the camera with his wireless mic, my white my mic is so wireless. And it, 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 I'm going to cover your face with this. Don't detect any. Uh, do I have like a body and a whiskey head? There you go. I've always it, thought that would be awesome. It's a bit of a, a bit of an oak bomb in the in the most positive way. It really way. is. Yeah. I love that. This is this to me is it's uh, sweet oak. This this whiskey sort of has the flavors that I enjoy most in whiskeys and bourbons. It's just got that real wonderful oakiness and a little bit of um, a maple vanilla. I don't know. Like I'm I'm pulling the things out of here that are what I like most. About my favorite whiskeys. Sure. I'm happy with it for sure. So uh, I just want to, uh, we have a, a question on the, um, I'll get back to the whiskey in I'm a second. I'm answering it right now. What is it? Are you? Yeah. As a new cigar smoker, I have a question. Wouldn't all cigars have mild variances depending on particular harvest years slash dates? Could this oh, sure. cigar be closely replicated? Do you want to go ahead and answer that? Yeah, one? I just answered, uh, Matt. And um, absolutely, the the... The thing you have to realize is uh, is soils change, things change. Uh, you know, most of the major farms when they're growing tobacco, it's a it's a it's a rotation. You know, they grow yep. a, a season of tobacco, it's a crop, and then and then tobacco is a very very nitrogen rich plant. Right, and so it sucks the nitrogen right out of the ground, and this is also another problem that Cuba has: is they're just growing as much tobacco as right. they can. Right, they've sucked a lot of nitrogen, nitrogen out, out of the ground. Over the so years. Nicaragua and the Dominican, what they do a lot of times is they revitalize it with corn or soybeans or sorghum or yeah, right, right. multiple multiple things. When we were out at the uh, Aladino farms, sorghum. they talked about sorghum. how they rotated the crops and. Planted yeah. the sorghum uh-huh. and the different things it, in order exactly. to, and so you to revitalize the soil. Yeah, you got to season the tobacco, season the sorghum. Season the tobacco, sorghum puts the nitrogen back in, tobacco sucks it out. Nitrogen back in, on and on and on. But when you're, as long as you're doing it and you're consistent. Now, if you were to do tobacco, sorghum, tobacco, corn, tobacco, soy, you might get some differences because I don't know, you know, the nitrogen variances. Mm-hmm. But as long as you're keeping the steady rotation, the soil's the same. There's no major, you know, maybe if you get a hurricane and some things change, yeah. But because every You're able to cigar, get the same quality, yeah, you know, no one makes a cigar and they use all the tobacco from the exact. So you you'll get a Nicaraguan puro, which for those of you that don't know, that means all the tobacco comes from Nicaragua. But you get it from different reasons. Regions. You're going to have it from Esteli. You're going to have it from Jalapa. You're going to have it from here. You're going to have it from there. And there's going to be variances. From and there's going to be variances. From, course, if yeah. you were to make a cigar. Nicaraguan, all from Esteli, then yes, you would definitely be able to taste some different nuances. But when you blend it up, the the binder is totally different than the wrapper, and you you, you get all that. Your well, palate is, is going to have to be so refined to taste those nuances that it's going to be very well, there's a genius in blending like that. Well, yes, these are the guys that have those super exactly. refined palates. If you are these blenders who are working to go for the same flavor combination that if, they had in the previous years. If uh, you vintage. liken it to cooking, um, imagine making uh, uh, spaghetti sauce and you always get your tomatoes from one particular place because they're the best. And then all of a sudden that place doesn't have tomatoes. You have to get them somewhere else. There's going to be variations. Sure. But being able to adjust the other parts of your sauce to make that still taste sure. the same or as close to it as you can get is yeah. what we're talking your about. Your garlic was the same, which, your salt, your which, pepper, your onions. Which is, yeah, that's its own. That throws back to terroir, right? Where they're grown, who's been growing it. There's like this belief that where you get your grain from 
speaks to the end result in the glass. And it, I mean, it, it happens with food constantly. It definitely happens with whiskey. I'm sure it happens with beer too. But so, pulling back to Calumet, this is delicious. It's great. <laughs> it's really good. And I was just going to mention you talked about terroir, and one of the big trends right now in craft beer is knowing more about the hops and the source of the hops that are going into the particular beer that you're drinking. And you see, we reviewed a few. Weeks you missed back. it, but Ian's been. But he pulled out all the glasses to his uh, side of the table. He kept all yeah, of yeah. the uh, porter glasses to his side. Uh, we reviewed yeah, oh, the... That's, I was like, where'd the others go? And I'm like, oh, they're all over there in front of Ian. <laughs> we reviewed the really Wolfpicker uh, Porter from Odell... Uh, I'm sorry, the Wolfpicker uh, IPA from Odell's recently. And the the all of the stuff oh. on the can, you know, when you read about the when you read about the beer, is about knowing your hop farmer. And knowing about the farm mm. and the conditions under which the hops are grown. And I, I think this is a trend that you're going to see more and more of in craft beer uh, is really mm. focusing in on not just we use Citra or we used uh, Amarillo or whatever. Galaxy. Hops or, are, yeah, right. yeah. But, but, but here's, here's where it came from. Here's the conditions that they use, which reminds me very much of the cigar world. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, when we were talking about the first time when we were talking about doing the cigar and we knew hey what's what's the blend and you know you were right about chris by the way he has a bladder the size of dude so hey (laughs) we'll just dump a bucket of water on you i was actually i was actually watching him to see how long it was going to take him to say ah heck i'm going not long did i take your cigar or is that yours that's chris's that's chris's which you just said Um, okay so you know we were talking about this and and chris wanted to know the blend in ecuador and Basically, the wrappers on a cigar, realistically, unless the binder is super cool, the wrappers all you need to know. Right. Because sixty to eighty, depending on the of cigar the flavor, percentage yeah. of the flavors coming out of the wrap. Yeah, the filler is just there for filler. It's there to make sure the cigar burns. It's to give you a little um. It smokes it's, properly. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not there for the flavor. The wrap. That's what the wrappers for. The binders, uh, another considerable portion of the filler is very minuscule. But you have cigar geeks out there. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. I, I'm, you know, I, I'm a cigar geek. And, but you get them out there that they get specific. Like, oh, it came from the Esteli. Well, what farm in Esteli? Oh, how much rain did they get that year? Is this a, is <laughs> yeah. this a 2014 bumper crop or is this 2015 where I know that year certain farms weren't uh, fermenting 19 months? They're only fermenting. Come on, you're getting absolutely ridiculous. Smoke the cigar and enjoy it. You so don't need to know right. that much information. I know, like, personality-wise, I have the capability to be that guy from time to time. But what I really do, especially with beer and cigars, is I just remember cigar good, right. beer, beer good, good, you know, exactly. and, and try and enjoy it. Even if I'm smoking the same blend and there are, there are differences from year to year, um, I try to remember, you know what, this is just a good cigar. Does it have to be the exact same? No, I wouldn't expect a chef to make the same dish every single time, exactly the same no matter what. That takes some of the fun out of it. And that's McDonald's. That's Luby's. That's, you know, that's those kind of things. I'll tell you. But, you know, you go to a nice, uh, a really nice restaurant, uh, and they use the high-quality food, and and you expect differences, and you you rejoice in them to do a degree. I'll tell you something we're going to see. If the... If it does ever open up for Cuban cigars, and everybody talks about Cuban cigars and being able to smoke a Bahique or Monte Number no. Two and that, and being able to buy them here, that'll all be cool. You know, y'all talked about that with Jorge on, but I'll tell you what's going to be really cool 
is, and this is the part of it no one, no one talks about. I know for a fact manufacturers that are sitting on bales and bales and bales and bales of Cuban tobacco. So imagine you've got company AYZ that makes a great cigar. It's one of your favorite. And they're a great manufacturer, and you know everything that you smoke. Maybe certain things don't hit your palate, but they're good cigars. And imagine all of a sudden they can do a Connecticut Broadleaf Maduro wrapper, which is one of the most popular mm-hmm. wrappers in the world. And then, awesome. and then it's got a Cuban binder with Cuban, Dominican, and Nicaraguan filler made by this company. It's not... It's not a Cuban. It's not your Monte Cristo number two, a Cuban puro. Right. But when you should get to be able to start mixing, start blending with that. Oh yeah, yeah. that is going to be open things amazing. Up. And you know the general consensus is when Cuban cigars come in, there's one company, Altadis. Nothing wrong with them. They own all the distribution rights worldwide for Cuban for Habanos SA. They actually own part of Habanos SA with the Cuban government. Right. And so. The, their stores, the Monte Cristos, are probably going to be the first ones to get all those Cuban cigars. Hmm. And Interesting. You know, there's a good chance that when we are looking for Bahiques, that's where you'll have to go right. first. Right. Later it'll open up. But the other stores, places like Stogie's and Maduro's and Cigar Time and Cigar Town, those places are going to have an E.P. Carrillo that may have some Cuban tobacco or a, or a A.J. Fernandez that's got some Cuban. Those right. are going to be the ones that are going to be, I think those are going to be the creme de la cremes of cigars because they'll be able to blend with everything but the Cuban government's not doing that. Well, and you're talking about master blenders here, too. Like guys that have proven themselves yeah. without mm-hmm. the Cuban tobacco. You know, there, there's a, there's, there's, um, when you talk about master blenders, there's a handful of them that are left alive. Of the old, of the old school regime. You've got Carlito. Um, you've got Lito Gomez. Uh, you've got Justo's father. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Justo and Christian's dad, who's mm-hmm. in, right. not, he's not just a blender. Julio yeah. Julio's not just a blender, but a grower, too. And, 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 and quite a character, by the way. Absolutely. Quite Adam, our producer, I think guy. beat him at Domino's. Did, but, you, did you win that? No, no, oh, no, sorry. But <laughs> Julio won. You, and, and then you've got, you've got some great blenders that are, that are still young. They're up and coming. Uh, AJ is one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle from Warped, absolutely sure. amazing blender. Really I've been stuff. liking a lot of the Warped cigars. You, know, you you look at some of those guys, and their palates are super refined. But the old school guard, and even some of the new ones, when they're able to start blending that Cuban with Nicaraguan and Dominican, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be some of the best cigars we've ever seen. So the show is obviously running really long today, and that's uh, what happens when you get people on that no one cares about. Uh, it just goes on forever. Uh, I, I wanted to mention that this porter is fantastic. Is crafted by Barrel House Z from Weymouth, Massachusetts. Uh, it is actually um, brewed and bottled by Dorchester Brewing Company in uh, Boston. So it's a it's a collaboration, and it is a really interesting. Milk. <laughs> can it's I great. see that? He says. Can I, hey, can yeah. I see that? I think he wanted to examine the label. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I spent is, about a second on that label. This is a milk porter, and uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, um, actually, I'm actually looking at it now. I was going to put it on the camera. Uh, I'm oh. taking it that you guys are uh, are uh, happy with it for responding, sure. Responding well to Y'all the do your IPAs, we do our porters and stouts. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm loving this. Listen, as well, I'm, a, I'm a porter and stout fan. I mean, that our beer that we just did was a barrel aged stout. Great. It's yeah. almond joint a can. Yeah. I've heard hey, about how this much bit. of that are we going to have at the social? None of it. What? None of it. None. And I guess we could have thought about that, but I didn't. I didn't think about it because oh, well, you I, kept I, it all for yourself, like so the uh, cigars. Anybody yeah. that's watching, I apologize <laughs> that I've been lying to you because I really thought some of that was going to get poured at the social. I've been yeah. telling people it so, was. Fortunately, not. I, I, it must be cool to be Chris Hart because you go and you do all these. Uh, you know, you do all these specialty brews. You do these special barrels. 
you do these uh, special cigar blends, and then you keep most of them for yourself and take a few of them to the soda. We're going to have no, to do an episode no. called Being Chris Hart. <laughs> right, right, Being Chris Hart. I think it sounds like a special on Bravo. I think we should do a Facebook Live from his house and just walk around and look at everything in there. So we try to, I mean, there's a lot of conflation or a lot of overlap that happens between the social and, and the bourbon society, but we tried real hard to keep things as separate as possible because anything I do with the bourbon society is not for money. And the social is clearly a, a second job. And people forget that. Yeah, and, and and I don't want to, you know, we're releasing a little bit of our uh, Copper and Kings pick at the social only because it's yielding something like, so a typical barrel normally yields about 25 to 30 cases. 30 is on the heavy end. Yeah. Uh, we've got a couple of barrels of Copper and Kings brandy coming out that are yielding 45 cases. Oh, and. So- I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, we just, we're going to be releasing some of it at the social just to kind of make a dent in it so that we, when we release it for the group citywide, it's it's not as difficult for a store to bring in and right. sit on if it doesn't move as fast. So um, let, me, let me ask you this. And and then we got to talk about this accessory, and I think you should probably pick one more whiskey for us to sample. Oh, listen, uh, I'll tell you right now, I'm I'm probably done. <laughs> oh, really? Well, well, I'll find something for you. Okay, yeah, it's his daughter's birthday, and oh, when he leaves, okay. he's going to. I've got a family dinner to get to tonight, and a meeting before that. So, oh wow, oh, well, you're not right. going to Rosewater tonight? No. Oh well. So while you're while you're picking that though, let me ask you this question: Do you think you are a whiskey snob? Yes, he is. And, no, and, not at all. I think, and I think not, why are you not uh, a whiskey snob? Well, okay, I would, I, you from that? I would argue that scientifically when you want to make an acclamation, I mean, or a, 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 an aff- affirmative statement, there's a saying, and it's an old saying, it's basically anything that is asserted with, without evidence <laughs> doesn't need evidence to be dismissed. Okay, and, but and this I'm butchering is not an that. episode of Law and Order. No, no. What I'm saying is, is if you're going to call me a, a, a snob, or if anyone wants to call me a snob, give me a reason. If you don't have a reason, then really you're just you're 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 talking out of your butthole. So does, does can your, we say butthole in the air? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you no, know, no. Butthole? You can't because you're talking directly about your butthole. You're not calling me a butthole. That's correct. You That's correct. That's the radio. It. That's radio you censorship say for you. you want. Yeah. You can so say whatever you want. No, I, 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 I am very open-minded with spirits. I love everything from craft to non-craft to new to, you know, I, I've even defended McAllen for simply the the. The season cask uh, debacle, which is something we can talk about at a different time, but I'm not a snob. I'm I'm the most inclusive person that. I, listen, I, uh, this is going to be a bold statement. Let me say it, and then let me shape and it. And then he's going to shape, shape it. it. He's yeah. going to shape it. I think that if there's anyone in Houston that is, I think it's going to be hard pressed for you to find someone in Houston that's more inclusive than I am. Which is why I'm not a snob. Okay. Uh, there are some things that I dismiss as being bullshit. We all do. We do you, all do. Do you think Wade is a snob? I think he can be. I think Wade Wade has a very hard. I just wanted to put him on no, the spot. Wade, I didn't yeah, really. I say just wants transparency in the industry. That's but, right. But, but that's, that's right. not the. Well, sometimes Wade Wade is the most moral person I know. When it comes to and spirits, I did not like him at all until we actually got to hang out. And, and now I fucking love it. And if May, if Wade sees something about your company that's immoral. He well, takes it not transparent. He, well, not just no, no. I'm not talking about that. I'll give you an example: is Widow Jane. Widow Jane was a brand that was fantastic whiskey, but it was famous because it 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 um, advertised that they were pulling their water source from the Widow Jane mine in New York, and it ended up being a complete lie, complete nonsense. Mm. And since then, the brand's been bought out by a different company who's 
all about transparency and honesty. But because that original company sold their their brand off lies, Wade is like, no, screw you. So Wade can be a little pushy when it comes to the morals behind a brand. Like the Devil's River thing. Devil's Wade accused, and not just Wade, I, I supported him initially, but accused Devil's River of four accusations, and three of them were wrong. One of them was dead to rights. He caught them. Their label was incorrect. It wasn't accurate. And they admitted to it openly. They said, look, we had a bunch of labels. We printed th- like 300,000 of them, and we're burning through them before we print new ones only because it's cost-effective. But yeah, look, there's no age statement on it, and it, there should be an age statement on it. They were honest about it. It's and Now, if you take issue with the fact that, look, if the, the, you're admitting the lying and you should put it on there, I get it. But he didn't at least acknowledge the other three accusations that weren't true. So Wade's not a snob. He can be a snob. He is a good guy. Holds a little bit of a grudge? I think he holds a little bit of a grudge, and I think he's, uh, he's, he holds people to the fire when it's apropos and I love and, it. And I love that about him. And he was great him. on the show. He yeah, was great. Was. I was a little offended when he was on the show, by the way. Yeah? Yeah. Why, so uh, you weren't there? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you what it is. Um, you guys asked him what his top bourbons are for the uh-huh, price right. and all these different things. And you actually read through a list of, of an article that That's said right. these. Are, yeah. Mm-hmm. You didn't ask me or Alan any of yeah. these things we've been on the show a dozen times more than that I think before like I, oh, yes. oh my gosh I guess interview jealousy I guess you're going to have to return then you you asked Wade all these questions and you never asked our opinion and I, right. thought, I just want to point this out to the listeners I think at one point you called him an expert I was like whoa 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 this, <laughs> are, we, are we not <laughs> we call him the tater talk expert I think but but yes, uh, I, I just want to point this out to listeners, by the way. Sometimes it's when you get to segment five that the really juicy stuff comes out. Sure. Had a and so drink congratulations for staying with us to segment five. It's time for reviews is all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So we will get to this because actually that would be a great show, you guys listing your your favorites. And I think maybe... Maybe what we should do is one of those things where we all that would be a very kind of poignant show. I'm happy to and, give and, my and, top five and my worst five. Okay, but let's save it. That's another show. See, we don't have that much content no. here, so we have to save stuff like yeah. that. That's going to be good. All right, all right. So, um, I, I just before we get too far away from it, the Barrel House Z Porter. It's great. A wonderful and fantastic. Absolutely. Wonderful. No complaints. So drinkable. No complaints. Uh, to me, this is like. It's like you took Guinness and made it into a milkshake. Yeah. You know, it's just a yeah. wonderful, wonderful thing. All right, Chris, you're going to pour us one more. Uh, okay. You had you had something in mind, I That's believe. Amazing. I think you poured some this, for Alan, that is but he was the this, only one that I got to so taste it. And I that. know Ian's jealous. Okay, this, so this is gin, which is the original barrel-aged vodka. This is the last one. Uh, Waterloo Antique Gin from Treaty Oak. Wait, I thought, I thought vodka was actually... The, the first, first unflavored, unflavored gin. gin. Right. So the 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 color of that gin is a little strange to me. Yeah. So I, I don't know the story behind it. I'm I'm gonna assume it's barrel aged, which is he, fantastic. When he poured it. I was like, no, no, no. I wanted the gin, thinking it was the clear one. And he was like, this is the gin. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. yeah. They got several gins. Uh, I've I've developed an appreciation for gin. Dude, I'm really. You know, Austin is part of my territory. I'm really looking to go in because there's a new cigar shop there. And now oh, they're ju- there? Juniper and spice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that's that's full of flavor. Yeah. Now, I'm going to tell you a, a funny story a about Waterloo Gin, okay? 
My wife uh, loves trying different things, and gin is one of the things she loves. She brought home a Waterloo gin that was their straight, clear gin. This is not a clear gin. This is actually quite, mm-hmm. quite dark. Yeah. And um, we didn't like it. Really? Their straight, clear gin was... I'm looking forward to trying the clear. We didn't like it at all. Um, it's probably still sitting on our shelf. Um, so it's interesting that, that you have uh, the Waterloo gin. And is that the straight? No, no, not at all. Just it's water. <laughs> um, we found. So what this is a Waterloo this? gin, Waterloo number nine, and this is Waterloo now antique. It's number nine. Okay. So I'm assuming this is barrel aged gin, and I'm assuming this is so unaged gin. Knows this. I Listen, I love I love anything that is carries the number floral nine notes. different That's than the typical uh, gin to me. Than the uh, listen, I met up with them. They gave me samples. I've tried several things from Treaty Oak in their whiskey realm, and I've been very happy. Mm-hmm. This is their first time I've ever tried their gin. I thought it was fantastic, so I'm happy. I'm with it. loving this. Uh, yeah, this floral. One. This is the, uh, the the antique gin. Antique gin. Yeah, yeah. that's it's, wonderful. That's not the one that uh, I tried. It's floral. It's uh, it's uh, it's I, floral, but it, it's got some of those. You know, we talked about the vanilla and and uh, sort of oaky maple notes. Also, that that I really enjoy in whiskey. Well, by and le- it yeah. balances the floral for yeah. me really nicely. It actually said on the bottle, uh, "Try this instead of whiskey for your cocktails." By definition, mm. uh, vodka is flavorless and odorless, which means it's it's neutral. Yeah, I can say whatever I right. want on here, right? Yep. Sure. Yeah, it's fucking garbage, right? So yeah. vodka sucks <laughs> because what you do is you boil everything out of it until all that's left is grain alcohol that's a garbage intent for drink drinking culture nothing in my opinion is detrimental more to drinking culture than vodka see it's I, just a purpose i'm going to disagree with you here i think vodka well, you're wrong but go ahead i think vodka <laughs> is the tofu of spirits tofu alone by itself vodka you, is the white guy of spirits if you whoa, but if you whoa, took whoa, whoa. If, if you took a a uh, a piece of tofu <laughs> By itself, you didn't season it or do anything to give it flavor. It would be the most bland piece of uh, garbage. Yeah. Of it's useless. That, that you could eat. But what makes tofu great is everything around it. Is people who know how to prepare it sure. properly. I've General had, Tso's tofu, like General Tso's chicken, but with know, tofu, fantastic. I'm sure it's fantastic. Yeah. I haven't had it, but I will tell you, I have had tofu at uh, a sushi restaurant in Las Vegas. That's one of the greatest things I've had. I've had tofu right here in, in Houston at a, a sushi restaurant that was one of the greatest dishes I've ever had. There's, and it didn't matter to me that it was tofu and not chicken or beef or another. It, yeah. In fact, the fact that it was tofu, that it lent itself so much to the flavors and stuff that it was prepared with, was part of what I liked. And I think of vodka the same way. Vodka is about something that... You take and you either make into a martini with a couple of very minor additives, or you make into a great uh, cocktail. Uh, there's not a lot of point to me in drinking vodka straight because there's not that much flavor to it. But that doesn't mean it's not useful. Yeah, so gin is actually the original flavored vodka. They would take a vodka base and they would redistill it, and then the uh, distillate would. Uh, uh, what's the word? A- not air rise, but it would it would basically become steam, right? They would they would aerate. boil, aerate, whatever, 
uh, and they would send it through a basket. There's several ways to make gin, but the I, I would argue that the most common way is through a gin basket. And what they do is they put a bunch of botanicals and and they would uh, you can macerate it too, but they would send the distillate through the floral grassy botanicals, and you'd pick up all those notes of of essence, right? And it's basically, you know, with whiskey, you're getting all the essence of the barrel. Which in, you're getting all the essence of the botanicals. Well, so the truth is, and, and for people who are listening here, the truth is they all start kind of from the same distillate. Sure. In a general yeah. sense. And to they a certain point, yeah. Right. As, as white lightning and, and, or whatever and, you want to call well, it. Well, until you boil it out, out of everything. So when you, whiskey can't be distilled above 180 proof. Right, so 180 proof, there's still substance there, which means if you take right. it off the still, you can still taste qualities of the mash bill. Right. At 190 proof, Nothing. all of that's been taken out of it, and all you're tasting is alcohol. Yeah. And that's garbage. I think, and now, in a cocktail, it's one thing. I know that there's a lot of people screaming at their, their phones or iTunes or whatever. The, it, no, I don't know. This show's gone on long enough. There may be two people. Screaming. Yeah, yeah. So it when well, it we've co- got eight watching, and there's four of us. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, there you go. So there's two people out there still yeah, watching. Yeah, exactly. Sure. It, with with uh, in a cocktail, it's one thing, but again, what you're doing with a cocktail is you take distill, you take vodka, you take you take a mash bill, and you distill all the flavor out of it, and then with a cocktail, you're putting the flavor back in it. Well, yeah. No, you're, you're you're adding an extra middleman there. You're making a Bloody Mary or a screwdriver. Yeah, you're adding flavor back into it, and the vodka just becomes the carrier for the alcohol. Then, then wine Gin is different. Is a great dirty vodka martini so much more enjoyable than sipping olive juice? Because you're cutting the olive because juice. You're getting, because you're getting because you're getting booze out of it. Alcohol in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no denying booze tastes it's a, great. It's a I will. Thing. I will tell you this though. A great martini doesn't have vodka. A great martini yeah, has gin. Oh, see, then you're this a good is, man. We're gonna, you're a good man. We're going to debate. You're this. accurate. I'll thumb wrestle you we're, for this one. We're going to debate this in a show. We've talked about this for a long time. We've never done it. I I really want to get two martini masters on one who will uh, make gin martinis, one who will make vodka, vodka martinis, martinis, and we'll do the great martini uh, face off. I mean, you know, I just totally said different. I'm not a snob, but I'm thinking of all these insults towards the word gin master. Gin master. <laughs> no, that. So is your face. Okay, yes. Wait, did that work? Just, Let me stop myself. That's what your mom said. So, so. Hey, oh, 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 oh. so <laughs> Alright, so. Uh, I didn't Ian, say woodmaster. That's it. And then we're going to wrap up the show. No, I was just going to say so the, the Waterloo gin that I have at the house has a really cool label, guns on it, everything, all kinds of cool stuff. Well, this is just stuff it's Chris stole from the distillery. Not the yeah. same as that. Yep. Um, and this. Tastes like an aged uh, or barrel rested gin right here, uh, and it's good. It's by legal definition, gin can't be barrel aged. So you throw in a word in front of that, all of a sudden it becomes okay. Well, this Waterloo is Waterloo gin and Old Tom gin. gin. Says yeah. Ah. Well, all right. So I will tell you this though. Um, there's a company in, and I hope they're still making it, but there's a company called Bone Spirits uh, in Smithville, Texas. They're struggling. Yeah. Yeah, so they're really good at sourcing their whiskey out to other people for them to rebrand and rebottle. Their, they can't sell their own distillate. Their gin, their aged gin, it's wonderful. Or, you brought me some. It's wonderful. Is amazing, Travis. Wonderful. If you're listening, bring some gin to the social. <laughs> All right, so 
Um, we had more things I wanted to get into, but this has already been an epically long show, so I'm going to wrap it up. This is um, not epically long. 100 was epically you, you'd long. You'd be surprised at how close this one is to 100. Are we really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. you'd be surprised. <laughs> Fudge uh, me. So, uh, uh, so, guys, uh, first of all, I want to thank you. for hours. For being on... For being guys that no one cares about, it's always so much Three fun hours. having you on the show, and we go uh, way longer than we should. And it's but it, but it's a wonderful thing because we're enjoying the conversation so much, and and the spirits and beers, of course. But uh, uh, Alan, I do want to before we close up, I just want to take one more opportunity to congratulate you and EP Carrillo on Amen. the success you. of Amen. your uh, cigar. You being the number well, one rated. Cigar in Cigar Aficionado. Mm. And I will tell you, sometimes I'm quick to be dismissive of the Cigar Aficionado sure. reviews yeah. for, for some of the reasons we've talked about. But I've smoked that cigar. That's great. And it's a fantastic smoke. In fact, both Ian and I did a top three list of last year. And it was the only cigar to make both of our top three. I, 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 I'll I, tell you right now. Let me interrupt you real quick. Last year, before it came out, you brought a sample of it yeah. to the Randy's, uh, Randy Randy Blank, yeah. uh, the annual GCBM meeting, Gulf Coast. Yes, I'm going uh, Gulf Coast Bourbon Maniacs meeting, and you said it's not out yet. You guys are the first people yep. uh, in the state, and one of like yeah. half a dozen in the United States who tasted it. And you yep. told me back then this is the number one contender. Yeah. Yep. And it won. It won. You know, I, I, I've said it a hundred times. I'll say it again. Um, it's Larry. Um, I've said it. I'll say it again. Ernesto is one of the best blenders on the planet. He worked on this it. cigar for so long. This, this cigar was not in the works for months. This cigar was in the works for years. That's great. And tell everybody exactly which cigar it is. By so the way. It, Encore. Um, it, it's it's Ernesto's crown jewel. We had La Historia. E. P. Carrillo. E. P. Carrillo. Ernesto Perez Carrillo. He worked on the cigar for years and years. And the tobacco, the wrapper, he got it. And when he got it from Nestor Placencia, Placencia is the largest uh, grower and seller of tobacco in the world. And he said, this is what I want, and I want all of it. And he just smelling it, smoking a little. But he knew there was more to it. He had to do more to it. Mm -hmm. And he came up with budge. So there's a particular term, and I can't remember what it is, but basically... This tobacco, when it's aged, is laid in palm bark. And wow. so this tobacco is they, they basically layer a, a, a burlap sack, a box, whatever you want to call it, and they put the tobacco in, and there's palm bark all over it. And that palm bark does something to it. It imparts a, a certain yeah, characteristic. Yeah, and it totally yeah. changes the characteristics of the tobacco. It's an old Cuban style of doing it. There's a word for it, and, God, I wish I had it. But it basically changed it. And when Ernesto did it, and he aged it, and then he smoked it, and he was like, this is it. And when this cigar came out, I was like, this is number one. Just like he said at Randy Blanks. And, you know, that, that group that I brought that cigar to, they were the first people in the United States to smoke, the to smoke that cigar outside of those of us that worked for Ernesto. Wow. Uh, we got to smoke it back in January. But it, it, it is a phenomenal cigar. And I'm one of those that I get frustrated with ratings and reviews and mm -hmm. stuff, especially when you've got um, – You've got a cigar that comes out that's a limited edition cigar and it gets number one. Or a cigar that not every shop can carry and it gets number one. It's very hard for people to find. This is a cigar that's got four sizes. 
and it's readily available. I mean, it's here in Stogies. It's in the humidor right now. You can go to so great. any of the shops that this. I love saying this. Any of the shops that I allow to carry it because as as <laughs> a, I'm the snob. Yeah, yeah I was just about to <laughs> say. So as a as as one of Ernesto's chosen few, I get to decide in my territory who gets to carry it and who doesn't. And well, not every shop gets to carry it. And but you know, find it, go out, smoke it. It's worth it. And they wouldn't have put it on their top three if it if it wasn't a great cigar. Well, congratulations and I appreciate it, once guys. again. Thank you so much. And, and Ernesto and appreciates it's, it. You know, it's uh, it's definitely experience an experience that you should have. Hold on, before we go, we got to hit on one thing. Yes. I, I, and I know we're already running super late. You got something in front of you there that no one's talking well, about. Well, yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be a long discussion. I think yeah. we're gonna have to save this. Yeah, we have to I'm save with that you. for another. I'm with you. So. Okay. I hate, I hate to do that, but I, I think we I'm have to you. save it because it's I'm gonna be a very long. I just saw it sitting there, and I was like, we talked about this so much in the beginning. Well, it was part of what we intended to discuss on the show today, but now everybody's going, "What the hell are they talking about?" Completely, yeah. completely self-serving too. Uh, I want to do a shameless plug for myself. I am riding in the uh, BPMS 150 this year. Congratulations, man! I, I, that's ballsy. It's I've I, I've done it, but I haven't done it in about ten years. I think you should jog it instead of riding. It. <laughs> there are people that do it on a unicycle. This I, is a ride seriously? from Houston. Like, yes. Is that a joke or no? No, I'm 100 percent serious. Uh, this is a ride that goes from Houston to Austin on bicycle, and uh, the the minimum. Uh, to get into this ride is you have to raise $400. Um, I set a goal for $5,000 to see if I can come up with as much of that as possible. This is raising awareness and uh, towards research for uh, for the MS Society. And, um, and also over at uh, the New Potato here in Houston, uh, Bell's Brewing uh, and the New Potato got together and if you go there and you buy any Bell's beer, one dollar from that purchase goes into my BPS MS one fifty fund. If you don't make it, do we get a refund? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna make it. <laughs> yeah. That's not or, an issue. Or, I'm gonna make or, it. Or just another beer. <laughs> um, well, let me put it this way, I've been training quite a bit and I can do sixty miles, okay? And if you can do sixty miles, you can do a hundred, which is pretty much the first but, day. But it's, I was going to say it's two days. It they just, split it. It yeah. just hurts after sixty miles, you know. So I'll get through it. That's not a problem. Uh, hopefully, I'll train enough to where it doesn't hurt so bad when I get there. But uh, but what I would like to say is, if anybody out there would like to uh, uh, put towards the MS one fifty fund, you can look it up under my name, Ian Barry. Uh, you should be able to find it on the um, website, and I'll post it on my personal as well. But you can just directly go uh, donate in my name towards the fund, and it shows up as, as mine. I'm also writing on the Eureka Heights uh, MS-150 team. They, they've put to, uh, a team together, some great guys. They're doing um, a whole bunch of uh, charity uh, and, and benefit uh, events going on, including a car wash and some other things. So I just want to say, if anybody out there wants to put in for that, I would be absolutely... Uh, absolutely joyous to receive that and have that uh, towards my fund on the ride and i will make the end of that ride good are luck you, that's uh, that's awesome yeah. are you gonna block my lanes of traffic while you're driving oh yes fuck it's yes, part of the if, plan if you drive are you, are you gonna be like in skin tight pants with a water bottle and oh yeah I have, I, have a whole, and, I have a whole peter pan gear set up yeah, it looks great. I, I was fixing. Donate. I'll wear it. I'll wear it on the show next time you're well, on. As long I'm, as we can see your Peter, not the pan, pan. I think we'll be okay. I, I was fixing to donate hundred bucks to your ride, but I can't do it now. <laughs> I'm just gonna ride it in speedos. No, I'm not gonna do Bet, that. I'll do two hundred bucks if you ride that ride in speedos. <laughs> He's too sexy for his shirt, not to mention the speedos. <laughs> you should see the speedos. 
So. Please, let's not. All right. Well, I just wanted to put that out there. Thanks, everybody. Ian, thank you very much. And uh, Houston Whiskey Social. Absolutely. Uh, this is why I mentioned it back in the first segment. Because we forget uh, about it by now. Yeah. yeah. See y'all uh, Saturday. It's, it's going to be awesome, and we'll see you there. Look for us. Thank you guys for being on the show today. Thank you so much. Uh, it's always so much fun having you on, both of you, uh, whether one of you crashes the show or, or whether we have you both on by design just like this. And uh, as always, it's been a pleasure. Thank we you guys so much. We We're love you guys. Thank you, so much. thank you guys. And uh, as we go out, cheers. 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 cheers.